Just because of that assassin, man. Like, that's just crazy. Like, that's actually crazy that you have, they have an assassin, you know? Trained assassin. It's crazy how the military, or like, the military can just get people who are kind of incompetent to do simple tasks, you know? Like, do you think it's a majority of, like, you know, specifically, is it just the Navy, or do you think it's just a, like, objectively, the Army itself don't acquire that many good, many people with, like you nah, said, nah, 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 I'm gonna tell you straight up, you know, there's a lot of geniuses in the military, you know what I'm saying, because, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of people that have, that wanted to take a route and couldn't take that route, so, you know what I'm saying, don't, don't get me wrong, like, everybody in that bitch is dumb, now. there's a lot of geniuses, like, you know what I'm saying, because, it's based off of ASVAB, you know what I'm saying? So first off, off rip, your ASVAB is going to tell us your your level of understanding because an ASVAB is like 10 questions, each section diff about different stuff, like engineering, math, reading, okay. comprehension, just those, you know what I'm saying? See yeah. your basic evaluation skills so we can place you in an environment we think you'll do well in. You get yeah. me? So yeah. boom, based off your ASVAB. And uh, my thing is you can get in with a low ASVAB score, like a 30, you know what I'm saying? Which is like, you fucking damn near just wrote your name on that motherfucker. <laughs> for real, for real. You get me? Yeah. But there's people that score like perfect scores on it. You mm. get me? There's people that like, because in order to advance, you got to take a test. The test is like 250 questions. And they like do this thing where they like, they have old questions that don't like uh, count. Like just like a state, it's just like a state test. Yeah. Like, end of the year school type shit. So what are like some of the, like the jobs? If you say, say you, you score the lowest can be. What what are some of the jobs that like, it depends though because like your score could be a low thirty, you get me? But you that low thirty thirty could be like high in engineering, you get me? Oh, so like you know what I'm saying? You could be dumb in math, dumb in reading, dumb in this, dumb in that. Not to say you're dumb, but you know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. You, you could not have not as much knowledge, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <clears throat> but you got hella knowledge on like gears and how they work together. On, so you'll do well in the engineering job. You get me? Okay. So it's like it 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 doesn't necessarily like negate your you know what I'm saying. Your it, I'm gonna tell you what the ASVAB is just looking for your strengths. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It yeah. lock, what it hones in at. on your strengths and then you know what I'm saying. Work off of that. Exactly. Give you, what are what are some of the jobs that follow the highest scores? Like uh, nukes, like you know what I'm saying, oh, dealing with like, like the, the nuclear reactor stuff. and the shit. But you know what I'm saying with those, I'm telling you, they get like. $90,000 sign-on bonuses, $100,000 sign-on bonuses, but nuke job has, like, the highest rate of suicide. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're yes. spending, like, 16, 18-hour days down on, like, you know what I'm saying, levels in the ship, like, seven levels down where it's no sunlight. A lot yeah. of these people, like, got pale skin. They look like fucking monsters. <laughs> and it's, Damn. like, it's a depressing life, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying... You're a genius, my guy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, you know also... Saying? Would you rather have that person, you know what I'm saying, down there working on it or some fucking Joe Blow that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And also, I feel like what the nuclear bombs could do, like, you're you're creating and, you know, putting your input into making something that, you know, dis kills thousands and thousands of people. I mean, Oppenheimer, Ooh. you know... Uh, and he was stated the, to say that, like, he regrets ever even building the uh, nuclear bomb because of the damage that it did, you know? Not even just that. They'd be just... Uh, so the ship has, like, nuclear reactors on it, like aircraft carriers. Okay. It has, like, four or five. And, like, 
when I was on deployment, like these things like blow up, like they overheat and like they'll cause the ship and we'll be dead at sea type stuff. Like in the middle of the ocean, no power. Like it'd be dark, like blackout. For what? Real, for real, for real. No AC, it's trash. I'm telling you, it's really <laughs> trash. Damn. <laughs> but I work night, so like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like when it happened, I was at work, so it's like. It didn't really affect you? Nah, but the fact of the matter is trash though. But these people would like be, I'm telling you, like our ship was broken. Like we were like just spending like half of our deployment, we were trying to fix our boat. You get me? <laughs> and that's another thing about how OP the United States Navy is, I'm going to tell you, because it's like. We got 11 aircraft carriers, right? Mm-hmm. But we're, we just made a new one called the, the Gerald Ford. It's like a four-class carrier, which is electromagnetic power. So now it's 11 more of those in the process like of being like commissioned into action. So it's like they're starting to make all these. So it's like we're about to have like 20-plus aircraft carriers. Damn, that's crazy. How long does it take to make one of these like... Probably freaking forever. For dude, just one? They're huge, dude. They're I'm telling you, dude. They're <laughs> insane. Have you ever like, flown in one of them? On an aircraft carrier? Yeah. That's what you that's what I was deployed on. An aircraft carrier. The thing that flies, right? What? Wait, no, 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 no. Aircraft carrier is the big the big Oh boat. the big but, boat where the, you the can land land. all yeah, the yeah. other oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. So oh my god. So you had eleven of those? Eleven. Right now, that's how many they got. Damn. They got, like, I think it's, like, nine, ten. And limits. are they, do they hold, like, uh, weapons and stuff? So, are those made for, like, so, combat? And that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? With, with my job, is two different sides. It's actually three levels of, like, maintenance. It's O-level, I-level, and depot. Depot is for, like, civilians and stuff. O-level, I'm pretty sure it's the boat, and I-level is what I was doing. But O-level is where they build bombs. So it's actually like munitions getting shipped to the boat, like just bomb bodies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like the the bomb, the fitting, the yeah. fuses, the army wires, all that shit. It's just sitting down there waiting for the people that my counterparts of my job down there to build them up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the boat. It has its own like capabilities. It got a Sea Whiz, which is like a gun that shoots like four thousand rounds per second. It's insane. All you hear is phew. That's it. It's just like a <laughs> quick gone four thousand rounds. Then it shoots these shits called the uh, the Aim Seven, but it's called the the uh, I think it's called a Ram Seven because it's a a land to sea missile. So it's like uh, oh they can shoot it at shit that's coming at it and then yeah, yeah, then I'm gonna tell you on the plane we got Navy SEALs on there we got rescue swimmers like air crew like you know what I'm saying so it's like you got everybody on there that's oh my god see I, I was never and like I told you this earlier like when for this episode um, you know forgot to mention that we're doing this all about matchups about uh, military factions of the world so we chose five categories of different branches of uh, the military and uh, we we each chose one uh, from one area uh, in the world. So, um, you know, going into this episode, I was really just like, you know, hesitant because of like the lack of knowledge I ever tried to, you know, pursue in the military because it just wasn't my interest, you know. Um, 
But it's super interesting, man. It's just like so much that like not only because a hundred percent, I found out that the U.S. is number one in damn near <laughs> every branch, you know. Um, but it was Gotta super it. interesting, like l- looking at all the other countries and what they're capable of and like what they have and just the type of training that they put their uh, their people in. It was just super really. It was really really cool, but. Like I said, at first I was hesitant, and uh, it's just, I would have to assume that there is, like, despite all of the the negative, there's got to be some, like, experience and good to it, you know? Like, did you ever just sit out there and, like, watch, like, just the vast ocean, you know? And just, I'm like, telling you, and, like, since I work nights in the Navy on deployment, I'm telling you, it'd be nights, like, dolphins would have, like, bioluminescence on it and they'll oh, be just glowing cool. you could just see the dolphins out there and I, i'm telling you it was so many for the amount of times like that it was bad it was probably just as many good times no joke you know what i'm saying because you got to think about it it's an it's an experience you go through unlike any other thing you're going to experience so it's like mm-hmm. you got to be open-minded optimistic doing it you can't yeah. go in there closed-minded, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, you're not gonna, everything that happens is not going to be to your liking. It's never going to be like that anyway. So Yeah. But no, it was definitely great times, man. Was there, uh, this is probably, I don't know, this is a dumb question. Was there any time where you felt like you were in fear of your life? In fear of my life? Hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you like this, man. You know how, like, it... The military is it's this thing, it's a big preaching about not becoming complacent because I'm telling you, it gets so, like, it gets to a point where, like, you've done the same thing so much, it, it's like the back of your, it's like repetitive in the back of your hand, you know it by heart, so it's like, you don't, I don't think I've ever feared for my life because I was so used to doing my job, it oh, was okay. like, it was almost like being robotic. It was like, I yeah. knew I was not going to mess up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was like, cause I messed up hundred percent. I messed up plenty of times, but it was like, I messed up so many times. Like I was too confident to mess up at that point, you know? Yeah. So it was like never fearing for my life. It was like, cause once you like one, I mean the first time maybe like getting on the bloat, seeing like aircraft operations, like aircraft landing, taking off a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But after you get, I'm mean, after that first time. It's like, it's just like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Another day, another dollar. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> is real. there is there like throughout your whole time was there anything that you see, you've seen where like, oh maybe like you think of now still, but like you've seen it just like damn, we're just like I don't know, I like anything just that stuck with you. Nah, there was this one crazy time where one of my friends. He's a, he did the same job as me. And there's this thing on a jet called chaff and flare, and you have to put these buckets in it. And it's like, uh, when they're empty, you carry them out, right? So when it's, when it's like flight operations on the, on the boat, right? They usually have, they got four catwalks. One, two, three, four, boom. And in this catwalk here, catwalk one, right? They usually have another aircraft right here waiting right behind it and they mm-hmm. have this thing called a jbd that brocks off like the exhaust it like shoots it in the air so it, oh, okay because the exhaust will burn your eyes and it'll blow you away also so it's like you'll go tumbling down a flight deck seen a couple people do that but uh so he's walking by with two of these things in his hand mm-hmm. and it's a thing called this e2 and e2 is uh it's this 
it's like a prop jet type thing with big propellers. So it's one sitting on there and it's one waiting to go. And it's, they got these two, like, I'm talking about huge sets of propellers just. Yeah. And he's cutting. And like during flight operations, like, it's kind of hard to, like, you know what I'm saying, do your job because, you know what I'm saying, at the same time they're shooting these planes off, you got to be ready to load jets, get these pilots ready. So you're like so, in the middle of it all uh, while yeah, it's happening. Uh, yeah. So he's, so pretty much he's probably coming back from a jet with two buckets trying to take him downstairs, you know what I'm saying, count, you know what I'm saying, because Chaff and Flair have like, uh, uh, explosives in it so it could detonate. So my our job was to build these buckets. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Make all the chaff and flare, put the explosives. So when they're done, you got to break them back down, take out the used explosives, clean them, and then put new. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Boom. But so he's crossing through this thing. The JBD goes up. You know what I'm saying? This thing goes up on full power. That's like the maximum power it could go. And I'm telling you, it's strong enough to knock down any grown man walking across there. So he gets he gets blown by the air because it takes off, right? And like I told you, it was another one with the propellers just waiting right there. He sliding. And I swear to God, the people that uh that work on the boat. Like the people that direct the plane on the boat, uh-huh. this guy ran in, grabbed him right before he gets to the propeller, dragged him out, oh, threw him, threw him over, and told him to go downstairs. You know what I'm saying? Because you get in trouble for stuff like that. But it was just like me and my friend were just sitting there, like, what the? You know what I'm saying? Because it was like Damn. it was like is they tell you to keep your your head on the swivel. You know what I'm saying? And that was like a surreal moment. Like you know what I'm saying? Like while you're up here, it's like. You shouldn't really be playing no games, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying, like any slight thing could like, you know what I'm saying, Mess Final up. Fantasy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I didn't mean Final Fantasy, but Final, Dan- Final, Final Destination. Final Destination, yeah, you know yeah. What yeah. I'm yeah, nah, that's crazy. And like, I don't know, man, to even think about like, and then like what a, that guy was thinking too, you know? And then the thing is like, you know what I'm saying, that was during the daytime, you know what I'm saying? At night, like everything is super heightened, you know what I'm saying? I always work night, so it's like, at night, you really had to be cautious because you know what I'm saying. When you get, if you get blown over the boat at night, it's probably gonna be impossible to find you because it's dark. Like yeah. being in the ocean, you know what I'm saying. And at this time, we were wearing blue uniforms. You know what I'm saying. It blended in like it. It would have been almost impossible. Poor uniform you know choice. Who chose that color? <laughs> a I don't terrible know. color. I mean, but the thing is, I'm not gonna lie, dude. I did appreciate the blue from the navy because it like differentiated us from other branches because oh, okay. people see a green uniform and like I told you earlier, they be like, uh, how's the army going? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> not in the army, bro. <laughs> For real, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh should have gone with another color or something. But now they eventually they switch to the green, so ah, okay. it's like green uniforms now. Ah, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, orange or something. I mean, that, I mean, it depends. But I feel like on the boat you got a different uniform though, you know, because on the boat, like, well, I did because I worked on a, a flight deck, and there's a flight deck uniform which is like a turtleneck, some like uh, like some cargo pants. <laughs> In a float coat, you gotta wear a bunch of stuff because it's like they're trying. They take a bunch of precautionary measures to prevent loss of personnel, injury, and all that. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Shit. Like I said, man, that well, that particular seems scary, but still, the army or not the army, but like the military does seem like an experience. I don't think I would ever. I don't think I'm built for that. But um, that's because that seems like a lot of responsibility. Like you're. The job te- definitely seems like a lot of responsibility to take on. Actually, did it like ever mess with your like mindset with like 
your did it ever you know keep you up at night or sort of thing like any sort of like experience that you've dealt with or what or is it never really outweighed keep me up at night you know i mean i mean there there was days you know what i'm saying i didn't sleep you know i i do i would say that those days i didn't sleep i just kept going you know what i'm saying but like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I was the type of person, you know what I'm saying? I went to work. I went hard at work. And as soon as it was time for me to leave, hey, I left everything at work at work, you know? Yeah. 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 Damn. I thought that's a really good, that's a really good mindset to do. Because, like, I, it, it's never made sense for me to bring that stuff at home. Because, you know, it's sort of like you're done with it already, you know? It's just. And my thing is, like, you know. I didn't like being differentiated from people, you know, because like as a being in the military, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people in the military like consider like civilian people to be like a different type of person like yeah. you know what I'm saying? I consider myself a civilian still as a, you know what I'm saying, being in the military. Yeah. Damn. Well, all right man, should we should we hop into this uh hop into the episode? Yeah, I'm ready. Sure, let's see. All right, so like I said, we did um, it all about matchups, about the military factions of the world. And um, our categories were basically, uh, let's see. Um, it was uh, the Navy, Air Force, uh, your Intel, or like Central intelligence agency not the cia but like just intelligence agency uh the army and then um the special ops yeah that, that's all yeah. right yeah. yeah um so those were our uh five categories and what we did was we each chose one um from one section of the world and we're basically gonna put them up together and just talk about who would win in a See, this is where we're a little off about, you yeah. know, where because like to me, it would like I get what you're saying, where have the like a trained person from each section fight. But I don't know, man, like the Air Force, too, like maybe like one fighter jet from another fighter jet. Like, and, but one. my thing is, you know, even with that, you know, there's an advantage, you know, because certain countries don't have the access to, you know, what I'm saying, I'm going to tell you, man, America's them went from all the way to like. To the point where they have jets that are A, A, B, jets that are C, 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 D, you know what I'm saying? A, G, we got E and F, so you get me? It's so many different type of aircraft in America. It's like, mm. and it's like these things are constantly getting improved. And the weaponry that they use are constantly getting improved. So it's like, it's not really a competition, you know? Yeah. And it's like it's like I'm gonna tell you a lot of that stuff is classified. So it's like you know what I'm saying it's like some of the newer like ordnance that was being brought to the navy mm-hmm. that I, I seen before I got out was classified. Like it's, I don't even know if they're putting the fleet yet. Like it was like a, a you go to a room, they show you like a this little plan of how it's supposed to be like it's gonna work a type junk, and then you know what I'm saying we got the an uh, opportunity to like try to load it on an aircraft. Yeah. And then it's, it's just like a simulation type thing, you know? It wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, an actual, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we got stuff that's not even in our, you know what I'm saying, fleet yet that, you know what I'm saying, that's already more advanced than what we got. 
it's like and, and like I told you, they're they're in the, already in the process of making these new class carriers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like we're constantly improving. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even a an opportunity for someone to catch up, you know? It was like you had to be at the same point we was at from the beginning. Yeah, because we have already uh planned ahead. Yeah, like I said earlier, man, like uh, number one, each and every one of these were was the United States, you know, and uh, I, like you said earlier, like it's just the experience we've and we, been. And the thing about it, you know, the United States, they say that the military is one percent of us, but the fact of the matter, that one percent is probably more than most militaries are out there. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, the the U.S. is really big too, you know. So one percent is a big chunk of of that many people. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy to see how like powerful we are, you know. And um, I did want to steer away from that just because I wanted to, you know, um, open up about other other countries and how they, how their armies are, how their uh, navy is, and what they do differently. And I just thought it was really interesting to just like, <clears throat> you know, see what they were all about, you know. Um, but I guess so. For the first one, should we get into the the army one? Yeah. Oh. All right. So, uh, all right. I guess I guess we'll both just say, or should we do one in one? What you mean? Like, should we both say what? Like, should I say mine and then you say yours and then we uh, talk about one, or should I just say mine, talk about it, and then you say yours and then talk about it? I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think we should do that. Just to kind of keep the intensity, you know? All right. Um, all right, well, shit. I'm going to go first then. All right, baby. Then. So the army that I decided to choose was the Chinese Army, or also known as the People's Liberation Army. Um, they were founded on August 1st of 1927, which was 95 years ago. And their budget is, in U.S. dollars, $293 billion, which is, rank, which is ranked second behind the U.S., of course. <clears throat> and their motto is, uh, serve the people. So the Chinese army is actually the world's largest military, and they have the second largest defense budget in the world. It's also one of the fastest moderni modernizing militaries in the world and has, term has been termed as a potential military superpower with significant regional defense and rising global power projecting capabilities. And that's one of the reasons why I chose them, because it's just like they're very... They're growing in technology at a substantial rate, and I feel like they have so much potential. And if they're one of the people to, you know, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, I would say, uh, America would be China because it's just how fast they're growing in technology. And like you said, if there's somebody to even be able to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, they would have to be at, a, at somewhat the same rate at them. And I feel like China is would be there, you know? Just because, like we said earlier, they're more of like collectivism. You know, they mm. they th their motto is serve the people. They work as one. You know, um, they train their their um, you know their kids in grade school in classes of self defense of like stuff within the military. You know, um, and like, we were talking earlier about that K-pop uh, band who had to break up because two of them had to serve the army and the government didn't give them any like um exceptions or anything just because they're famous you know so i feel like um china is one of those uh countries to be 
to be that country to be able to stand toe to toe maybe with the U.S. You know, I'm not even trying to imagine this. We start a war. <laughs> no, <not> just, <laughs> we gotta make that clear. We are not trying to start no war. We're not saying uh, <laughs> our country is like you know. I'm not trying to do any of that. We're just trying to present this information and just see how maybe this soldier would come out alive and just you know all of our matchups. You know, you know this ain't <laughs> yeah. trying to start nothing, but um. Um, another thing is that the um, United States Defense Department in China is actually developing kinetic energy weapons. They're high-powered lasers and high-powered microwave weapons, particle beam weapons, and electromagnetic pulse weapons <clears throat> because of the military funding has been increasing. <clears throat> and that's one of the things that is so cool because it's just like, they're like I said, they're growing with all these different weapons and all these different like capabilities and like modern technology and increasing that you know no, I definitely agree but like kinetic weapons and laser beams like I haven't heard anything that rail like guns. that since Tesla Tesla you know Nikolai rail, Tesla rail guns the rail guns um, also China became the world's largest uh, no the world's third largest exported of major arms in 2010 to do through uh, 2014, which was an increase of 143% from the period 2005 to 2009. And also in August of 2021, China had tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile that circled the globe before speeding towards its target. That is wild. But, see, that's just how they're, like, you know, advancing today and um no, have they been over the years but this is actually their military education and training so um the uh chinese army administers several uh institutions for military education so these include the academy of military science national defense university national university of defense technology 301 hospital 307 hospital and the army command college so <clears throat> According to the Law of People's Republic of China on the National Defense Education, pupils, middle school students, and undergraduate, un undergraduates should have military training when term opens or after, after National Day. Until high school, students practice basic information uh, and uh, basic formation and movement, and uh, high school students drill oh shit. High school students drill and study emergency evacuation as well as national defense. And then the undergraduates take formal military training and emergency evacuation. So, like, the thing is, like, from, like, middle school and they're, like, being trained in this, you know? So, it's, like, I there I don't think there are ever classes like that in America, you know? No, I don't. My thing is, my thing is, it's an optional, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 like law enforcement. Like, not, I mean, I was talking more so, like, because there's this thing I did in high school called JRTC. Oh, Which, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But ours isn't like Mando, you know? Yeah. It's see, more the of an thing with, The thing with them is that it's like mandatory. Exactly. And I find that just crazy. And even then, I feel like it's more serious on their side than ours was, you know? I mean, I learned how to march in JRTC, though. You said what? I'm not going to cap. I, JRTC did help me like learn how to march when I oh, took yeah. it in high school, and then I came into the military. JRTC did like give me an upper hand because I did already know how to march. 
I was gonna say like I actually saw this video of this uh this army recruit like marching terrible. Do you ever get in trouble for marching? Oh back? yeah. Boot camp. You mess up a march, they'll stop you in the middle of the sidewalk while everybody's walking around, driving past, looking at you, doing push ups. Damn. Every time. Damn. Every time. And it don't matter if it's not you that messed up. Hey, one person met one band, one sound. One person messed up. Hey, I probably did probably over 100,000 push ups in boot camp. Are you serious? Yes. It was insane. Like, it was so many push ups, your hips start hurting. Did you ever beat up guys because they kept messing up? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was more. It's not like not like that. I mean, it could. I'm. I guess it could be like that, you know. But you know, it was like you know, it was more so like in my boot camp. Our like we like we had our groups, man. So we only mess with who we mess with. Like, cause you when I joined the navy, like I clicked up with everybody that had the same job as me. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we were going <clears throat> to the same place after we left boot camp. So. We really didn't like entertain anybody else, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, your every rate has like a certain respect and pride for what they do, you know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. And so it's like, and as we were told, our rate hat was like one of the most prideful. So you know what I'm saying? We were kind of like trying to be the part, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a lot of pressure being on one of like the best? Like- Not because you know what I'm saying. It's like. To be, like, one of the most prideful, you know what I'm saying? My job is, like, one of the most frowned upon, though, you know? Because uh, there's a lot of, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that mess up in it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of faults happen behind our job, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's it's a dangerous job for real. For, like, yeah. a lot of shit could go wrong. So yeah, it's like, sure. it's a lot of room to mess up. And trust me, people do it all the time. Damn. Well, all right. Um, in China, they're actually forced to be trained in harsh conditions as well to be able to get themselves ready to be in like any environment and, see, and be able to adapt. See, and that's just for like your regular military. In order to do something like that, you probably have to go up a step in America. You know what I'm saying? You have to go a step further than just yeah. being military. You know? Would you say overall that the boot camp was hard? Nah, that boot camp for but oh, not but, not just to you, but, but objectively. Objectively, it depends. You know what I'm saying? Depending on your background. You know what I'm saying? Me coming straight out of high school, physically fit, you know? Yeah, because you're a basketball player, right? It was a breeze. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you that one person in my boot camp was a track star. Like, he ran ran a mile and a half in like seven minutes because he was like a. a, a, And boot camp was a breeze for him because, you know what I'm saying? He was a track star. You get it? Yeah. But there was other people that, you know what I'm saying, that's never done a push-up in their life, you know what I'm saying, where boot camp was probably like, oh, my God, this was the worst decision of my life. The hardest thing, yeah. You get me? Do you think that the average person would be able to pass? Uh, Depending on their mental fortitude. If you got the the mindset to go through it, it's easy. But if not, you know what I'm saying, it'd probably be more difficult than anything because it's more so getting over that mental hump. Do a lot of people like crash out? Crash, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, people be crying all that. <laughs> More than for half or what? Huh? More than half? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because it depends. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you, like everybody I went to boot camp, it was probably only like five, six people that didn't graduate from my compartment of like thirty yeah. people. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever, uh, like, I guess standing there and just like, kind of like. 
hold your laugh because like someone's getting chewed out sort of thing and they start nah, crying nah, like nah. do they dog on them or like <laughs> nah, nah, there's so many times dude. like i got you i got chewed out so many times a lot of people get chewed out but you know my thing is you know i grew up where you know what i'm saying getting yelled at all the time so like oh, okay. being yelled at don't you know what i'm saying it don't affect me you know what i'm saying yeah in one ear out the other but you know what i'm saying a lot of people you gotta understand a lot of people never, you know what I'm saying, experience a lot of pressure. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what the military boot camp job is to break it down, you know what I'm saying? Because you're going to be facing adversity yeah. through, through your entire experience. So it's like they're trying to, you know what I'm saying, bring that adversity to you early so it's, so you'll be able to, you know what I'm saying, brush it off and keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, nah, people be crying in there. Though. I ain't going to cap. I cried in boot camp one time, too. No cap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, what do they do? Do they like make fun of you or like? No, 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 no. I cried because you know what I'm saying. More so, like my family. You know, I was missing my family type. You know what I'm saying. But it was, but it was like you know what I'm saying. Nah, you because it was like, hey, they can make fun of you all the day. You know what I'm saying. But I think it's like none of these people really know you. You know what I'm saying. We just got here. You know what I'm saying. We we only known each other for two months. So like, how can you make a an accurate judgment on me, you know. What yeah, I'm saying? yeah. When you don't really know who you, you are, know, exactly. And then the thing is, like, I'm gonna tell you, when I first got to boot camp, before I got to boot camp, like getting going through the process of getting into the military, one of the people that I was going through recruiting, it was a female. She was a E6, and she looked me in my face, told me I was gonna do good in the military because of my attitude. She was like, "You don't take no, I'm not taking no shit from nobody." Type stuff. You get me? Yeah. So it's like, she told me that. And then when I get to boot camp. They was like, it's going to be a long two months for you, Mr. Holland. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, why? I'm telling you, it was a long two months because I got in trouble a lot. But the thing is, you know what I'm saying? Me being me helped me get through the military, though, because it's like, you know, I don't, I got tough skin. I don't take, you know what I'm saying? I brush stuff off, you know what I'm saying? Plus, I'm going to give it back to you 10 times. So it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to be prepared for that yeah. before you can even get it, give it off for real for real, you know? <laughs> But no, I'm telling you, but there's a lot of people that's not like that. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a culture where, like, you know what I'm saying? People are always joking around, making fun of you. You know what I'm saying? It was really no bullies because everybody was, like, you know what I'm saying, doing it. Everybody was joking on each other. It was like a, a, that was more so like a commandeering thing, like, well, if we did as friends, you know? So it was like that, the military experience was just like, you know what I'm saying, that on a professional level. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. And I'm telling you, people appreciate somebody that could give it back. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. especially like older cats. Older cats definitely, you know what I'm saying? If you could joke back with them, you know what I'm saying? Not take it to heart, they definitely appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bum it down, sort of thing. Yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, oh, shit. China, man. I wonder how it is in China for real. Because, like, I, would you say that it's, like, known that people know that the army is like this? Like, not, like, joking a lot and, like... No. Mm. I'm telling you, people, the people, like, you know what I'm saying? The way it seems on TV, like, all the movies, it seems, you know what I'm saying? But nah, it's, a, it's more so a regular, it's a regular, like, it's almost like having a regular job. It's like, you know what I'm saying? You going to work. That's how it was for me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For real, for real, it was like a regular job. It really wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, something like... That was over the top, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. felt more so like a regular job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, actually, last year, it was uh, it was reported that uh, China had actually tested, uh, tested hypersonic weapons twice. There was once in July and once in August, with the top U.S. general describing the breakthrough as almost Sputnik moment. 
which uh, they referred to the 1957 satellite launch by the Soviet Union whenever they uh, led the space role. But um, uh, what, uh, you know, like a regular soldier carries, uh, like a ground soldier, they would usually carry a semi-automatic pistol, uh, a silence pistol, a submachine gun, uh, a submachine gun, sorry, assault rifle, underwater underwater rifle, a bolt-action uh, sniper rifle, and a rocket launcher. Um, so that's the the Chinese army. That's it. Hey, well put together. I feel like I don't know. Well, highly trained, knowledgeable. Not definitely. You know what I'm saying. I think you know what I'm saying. I think you know what I'm saying more so. My opinion that uh, other countries take military more serious than we do because, and the only the reason I say that is because we're, we <clears throat> know we we know we we got so much. You know what I'm saying ahead you know it's just like you know i don't think we take it as serious as other countries and that's the part they have to play though because you know what i'm saying you're behind you know yeah yeah no that makes sense that makes sense because don't get me wrong like uh, the u.s technology and like where we're at like a hundred percent we are very efficient with that but uh i mean like it, it the army like you said just feels like a job and like I, i've heard some of your other stories about like you know uh like going out and stuff and like you know all of that stuff so i know it's like it, it's big responsibility but like not as how the movies depict it you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um but all right man what, what was the uh <clears throat> your your person so the army i chose was the russian ground force so the Russian ground force or the Russian soldiers was founded in 1550 and but they changed to the current form in 1992 they have over 300 active duty soldiers as of February 2020 I mean I said 2000 but uh 2022 uh, the colors are red black green and gray the anniversary is October 1st the primary responsibilities of the Russian ground force are to protect the state borders combat on lands and defeat enemy troops they have a budget of 4.7 trillion rubles, which is the equivalent to like 51.7 billion dollars, and that's ranked number four. Russian law mandates that every male from age 18 to 27 have one year of mandatory military service, which I think is an advantage to them, you know, because it's like. There's a lot of people you gotta understand, like and from like eighteen to my my point is eighteen to twenty seven as a young man, you're not really doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Not to say there's not people that's like that age that are not doing it big, because it definitely is, you get me? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like more than not, there's a lot of people that's not, you get me? Yeah. So like why not, you know what I'm saying, have that year to where, you know what I'm saying? Everybody get that experience. Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes hundred percent because uh, like, if anything were to happen, you know that the citizens, any older citizen is capable, you know, they've had that military education and, uh, hundred percent. That makes sense. Yeah. So their training consists of a four week combined arms training with a survival course and is essential for anyone who signs the contract with the Russian army. The program takes a total of 240 hours and concludes shooting, throwing grenades, and the study of military tactics. And first off, 
240 hours. I didn't do the math on that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how long that is, but I'm going to tell you from, like, you know. If I'm not mistaken, is, is that 10 days? 240, 24, day, 24 hours a day? 24 that might be right. Yeah. So, boom. And But my thing is, like, in my, our boot camp, my boot camp was two months. And in that two months, there was no type of, like, hand-to-hand combat, no <laughs> type of, you know what I'm saying? None of that. You know, it's not what it's made to seem. I mean, granted, maybe other branches get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. what I did, no. So it's like any type of combat experience in any short window, any time is already an upper hand because, you know what I'm saying, there's there's none for you know what I'm saying for that we that we had you know that's already putting you in a certain advantage over people you know yeah certain guns we didn't shoot there's guns they that you know what I'm saying grenades I've probably I'm telling you I've never even seen a grenade rocket <laughs> launcher rocket launcher I mean I've seen a rocket launcher in a gun sh- in like a pawn shop trying to buy you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah, but yeah, like yeah. not never seen like you know what I'm saying in the out there at my job, never seen it, you know. Have you ever have you ever played paintball? Paintball, yeah. Are you cold? I mean, I mean, I mean, I, it's more so. It's more so. You know, I, I get into like a Call of Duty mindset when I play <laughs> paintball. So you know, what I'm saying I wouldn't say I'm cold because I'll tell you the experience after the podcast about paintball and we had I had in Virginia, but ah, uh, okay, okay. But no, I definitely like paintball. I definitely enjoy it. But uh, some of the weapons they have, you know what I'm saying, being that this Russia, you know, every AK platform known to man, you know. Yeah. Got to have it. They have revolvers, 7.62 revolvers. They got semi-automatic pistols, 12-gauge shotguns, bolt-action snipers. And that's all I got for the Russian army and Russian soldiers. Oh, shit. I mean, Russia, man. My thing about Russia, man... I chose Russia because, you know, Russia is just like a, a this seems like everybody in Russia is just so, like, violent, you know? <laughs> That's just how they're depicted, you know? Yeah. They're no, just, they, they are depicted violent. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm, we're not trying to I'm not saying nothing. they're violent yeah, because, yeah. you know what I'm saying, I've met Russian people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I know they're not I've violent. Never, I've never met a Russian person in my life. Uh, no, nah, they are they are depicted a little bit scary. Um I'm actually taking a Russian film class right now, and um, you know, just the different films that were released during like the Soviet Union uh, in like 1920, sort of 1930, and it's it's pretty interesting. They actually really created a lot of uh, like dark, sort of scary, uh, eerie movies um, at first, and um, the people were very scared of movies and cinema at first because um, what they first showed were just basically people taking the train and stuff and um a lot of them were scared when they first watched it because it was like a train station and it was going and uh you know how just regular if you it it just goes out of camera well they thought it was going to come out and like run them over because they had never seen uh like any sort of cinema they didn't know what it was or anything so they thought the train was going to come out and like run them over so they were like really freaking out for a little for a minute and it was like really weird like different storylines there is one storyline where this guy actually um lost his wife and uh he was mourning her and he got like a locket of her hair so later on that day he goes to a play 
and he sees this girl in the play who um like looks just like his wife so he whole movie he's trying to go after her sort of thing so he finally gets her they're at the apartment um or his house or whatever and um you know she finds the locket of hair and she starts making fun of him about it like running around with it like all over his all over his face and stuff and uh he grabs the locket of hair and like chokes her and strangles her to death with the locket of hair and that's how the movie ends like it's just like weird shocking endings you know and it's just like i don't know russia is definitely depicted a little bit like a little bit scary you know and I've, I, again i've never met a, a a russian person but um you know my thing is i like people i like people with accents you know so i think yeah definitely so you know i try to find a lot of people with accents you know yeah cool accents like british, british or australian australian cool russian russian yeah i've never heard an Austra- a russian person i've never met a I don't think I've ever met a British person. Damn. Uh, have you, so, have, uh, like, the Russian person, where'd you, like, how'd you meet them? You know, it's, I, you know, it's crazy, you know, because people always be telling you, like, you know what I'm saying, like, like, because it was uh, these two females that were Russian, and they were, like, uh, they, they'll tell you, like, people will tell you, like, they're, like, uh, spies or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to get, like, information off you type shit. But, hey, I'm a friendly person, you know? <laughs> 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 but, nah, you know, just just like, you know what I'm saying, exp- going throughout life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just happen to be there at the right place at the right time, I guess. Well, well, for sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, a Russian soldier against a, a Chinese soldier, first and foremost, like, you know, what kind of terrain is this? We always gotta, we always gotta talk about the terrain, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, I mean, I don't really think it, it kind of, an open field, I wouldn't, I mean, are we looking for like a, a rifle battle and like, have you ever seen that show called, what's that show? Um, most deadliest warriors, something like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, Where I they can. talk about the two and then they throw that like a, the, like a, a whole simulation. Yes, yeah. sir. A simulate. Oh my god, those are fire. Uh, let's see. What, that's what I'm thinking. Like. Does it start off with something where they're like going after each other and they like run out of bullets sort of thing? So they start with the knives and then they both like. And my thing is, though, how would we be able, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to tell you, there's probably going to be a significant size advantage on my part. No, for sure. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of like, I would say, because obviously I, I believe that like. China's people are a lot uh, like a bit smaller than Russians, you know, and I feel like they're well trained in being swift in their movement a lot, you know, staying silent and just, you know, being fast at what they do and good at what they do. You know, I I mean, I mean, it's just like they're the human, you know, uh, praying mantis, you know, 100% (laughs) fast, you know, swift, you know, 100%. but yeah, I mean, like I said before, man, uh, I, I, this is just like you know the five foot praying mantis versus the uh, grizzly bear or polar bear sort of thing, you know. I'm taking the praying mantis, man. 
But my thing is, my thing is, I definitely give China, you know what I'm saying, because I do agree with the the whole discipline aspect, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I would feel like, you know what I'm saying, possibly a Russian soldier would, you know what I'm saying, could, you know what I'm saying, be on some, you know, goofing off type thing, you know, because, you know, because they, you know what I'm saying, the way, you know what I'm saying, a Russian soldier is depicted, you know what I'm saying, a vodka drinker, you know what I'm saying, a jokester, you know what I'm saying, somebody, you know what I'm saying, that takes, you know what I'm saying, He's so confident in himself, you know what I'm saying, that every enemy he's going to approach is going to be, you know what I'm saying, obsolete, you know what I'm saying? So I, that could definitely play in the downfall, but it could also play in the, you know what I'm saying, play into his, you know what I'm saying, the cards he want to play, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, he could seem not as good or he could seem cocky sort of thing, like he's a little off and then at the end just pop off sort of thing. Um but I don't know. I feel like it just also depends on the enemy that he's going, he's he's going after. You know, uh, definitely, hundred percent. I would say a bigger person. But I don't know. I I still hundred percent the training that the like the Chinese the People's Liberation Army go through are much more. I would say immense. Like, and just all the way from their youth. You know. I don't know. It's it's a lot of experience and training. I, I would say that is a huge advantage to you know China, you know their their soldier. But my thing is, you know, have we ever seen any elite Chinese soldiers? <laughs> like, let's be honest. I mean, we don't know, bro. I don't. I don't. I've never. I like. I'm a hundred percent. If we looked up elite Chinese soldiers, nah, they probably they 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 have theirs. You know, they have theirs. But my thing is, if this soldier's name happened to be Nikolai, <laughs> that's plus ten in this category already. <laughs> you get me? Yeah. No, one hundred percent. I gotta. I but just, my thing is, it also depends on terrain. I feel like anything cold weather, automatic win for Russia. Yeah. You know, more jungle base or like you know what I'm saying more like landscape like that maybe disadvantage my way. You said which one is a disadvantage? Like jungle, dry land, more so, more so sort of thing like that probably disadvantage my way. So what would you say is uh because I feel like the thing about the Chinese army is that they're able to probably adapt. You know? Uh that's one thing that I feel like with them like I I think that they'd be good in uh in um you know in the in like the rainforest or even open terrain sort of thing. You know, I just think that they'd be able to adapt, but uh what do you think is like the best best placement? For like Russia, where do you think is now? I wouldn't say an advantage, but somewhere that you'd be able to, you know, like fight on, and it won't be like a disadvantage. A disadvantage? Yeah. Somewhere with a much colder climate, maybe you know what I'm saying? Snow, a little mountainous. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know. Give me a little verticality, you know. I'm all about the verticality. Damn, bro. I mean, I don't. I don't really. I don't know if. Man, would you do cool? Hmm? Cool weather. Cool weather. A little breeze. A little breeze. (laughs) You know, but my thing is, you know. 
what type of fight is this? You know what I'm saying? Are we because you know? Yeah, because it is. Uh, it is. If it different. comes down to you give me hand to hand and it's a fight to the death, you think you're gonna beat a Chinese soldier? Is gonna beat a Russian soldier? Hand to hand. Hand to hand. Like say everything's exhausted. You're cut up. He's cut up. You know what I'm saying? Blades are bent, broke. Can't even do nothing with him. You know what I'm saying? It comes down to the fist of cuffs. You you think you know what I'm saying? You don't think the size is gonna count then? You know what I'm saying? After all the fatigue that's already set in, you get me. Not being hundred percent, but also you got to think about like that's when people hit that adrenaline. You know, like people hit that adrenaline where they uh they like go crazy and ham. They start to feel that. Yeah, but if they're both hitting adrenaline, wouldn't the bigger person? You know what I'm saying? Prevail. Check this out. See, I put this. I put this. Uh, what is it called? This North Korean soldiers performing extreme extreme martial arts. Hundred percent, the Chinese army is probably no different. If anything, maybe, <laughs> maybe we, even more. we can't we can't we can't attest to that. This is North Korean soldiers. <laughs> Damn. Hey, I should have chose them boys. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> uh, what? Look at China. I definitely should have chosen. Now let's pull up a clip of pull up a clip of a Russian soldier training. Let me see. And I guarantee. But my thing is, if it came, if it comes down to everything exhausted, fisticuffs, I don't think it's possible. You know what I'm saying? And they both know. You know what I'm saying? Where one of us is not leaving. That means you know what I'm saying. We're not. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be no playing around. True, but you say that for you can say that, that. Look at that guy right there. <laughs> That's a big dude. That's a a big couple one. of those. A couple of those. Hey, your man is done. Oh my god, that's crazy. Go no, do that. Do the short. Do the short. The twenty six. Yes, look. Look. Ooh, the boys don't play. This man is shooting. All around him. He ain't flinching. Now, 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 understand me. Dang. Now, understand me. <laughs> After seeing that clip, <laughs> which is insane. Now, nah, that is crazy. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's wild, actually, because, like. I would have <laughs> never done that. <laughs> nah, if, if, look, look, look! If the military would have told me to do that right there, hey, I'm throwing in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> nah, see, the, I, I, I already know that Russia don't play. It's just I know that China has that, uh, like they have that formation. They have that ability, ability to like train their whole lives and focus on one thing and. Be exceptional at that thing, you know. But Russia is just built different. So, and my point, my point is, if it comes down to everything is exhausted and it's the fisticuffs. Fist, damn, they gotta get shot that close. Yeah. yeah see, no, don't get me wrong, like. It'll be a hard battle, hard fought battle, you know, and like, but you know, Russia, 
I feel is a little bit does have a, a an advantage due to their size. Don't get me wrong, because uh, China, a hundred percent, I feel like their soldier would be able to, uh, you know, withstand a bit, be able to get some hits on, you know, probably cause some major damage. But I, uh, I don't know, rush like a Russian soldier is just. After seeing these videos, man, it's like I don't think we've seen enough of like yeah, China though. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think we've seen enough of China because I think I think China. It's got to be something. Type in uh, training. Yeah, yeah, go to the, go to that one. Yeah, yeah. Let's see some clips. Let's see something something crazy. He looked like he about to get punched. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I hear. <laughs> he looked like he about to get punched. <laughs> he about to get punched for real. They weren't they weren't like that over there. Uh, no 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 no. You wasn't about to punch me. I'll punch you back. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> crazy. What? No. Damn. Yeah. Like, Man's just going around. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Just hit everybody. <laughs> but he's not really messing them up though. He doing these these some nah. He got also <laughs> <laughs> he be fucking some people up. Yeah, he he got some vendettas. <laughs> like <laughs> what? Dang. Hey, hey, that couldn't have been me. That couldn't have been me. This is police though. Ah, uh, this is just police. We <laughs> that's police. That's wild. What's the Iron Army? Is that like part of the like a little fleet maybe? Oh, see them boys fast. <laughs> hey, them boys, they slide on their knees. It's, oh, oh yeah, they got that form, man. They they <laughs> nah, cause they can go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I but like my what thing I got. is, my thing is, you Look know that, what I'm saying? Move. My thing is, that's not going to help in the hand-to-hand combat. Hey, yes, it will, because they can dodge and weave, bro. Look yeah. at that. Oh, my God. But they my, can do everything, bro. But my thing is, like... Damn, they're fast. Being fast is cool, but uh, my thing is, you're fatigued after already being in the shootout, already being in a knife fight. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're in tip-top shape. For a Russian so a Russian soldier, 100% probably. But I feel like I feel like a, a, a Chinese soldier is 100% probably going to have much more stamina. Yeah, but stamina is not going to help you in a in, in a fight where you're getting hit harder than what you're. You know what I'm saying? Your damage is not equivalent to the damage received you get me like say your health bar is at 150 the russians at 100 and every hit i do is 50 and every hit you do is 25 you got to do twice as many hits every time and let's not say you know what i'm saying the russian you know what i'm saying is not going to be dodging some of your shots you're not you your, your character is not about to be landing every hit you know what i'm saying <laughs> this is a fight to the death you we both agreed you know what i'm saying so the fact of the matter is we're both at our highest point climax you know what i'm saying this is it you know what i'm saying i'm trying to go home you get me yeah so that I'm gonna just the Russian soldier's gonna be on just as much. He's gonna pull out every stop he got, just like the Chinese soldier's gonna pull out every stop he got. Yeah, yeah. 
And not to mention, you know what I'm saying, I probably had two or three shots of vodka, so you know what I'm saying, damage is not being really afflicted oh. because of the pain numbing. <laughs> but also, check this out. Like, in China, they're all about discipline and, like, dying for honor, you know? And hey, guess what? It, 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 that, just, that soldier would have to die for honor then, you know what I'm <laughs> It's unfortunate, you nah, know? Nah, this man is going to put everything but my thing i get that but my thing is if i i feel it if it if it came down to the knife fight you know what i'm saying i might give it to the chinese soldier because it'd probably be more disciplined but if everything is exhausted and it's coming down to the hand-to-hand you know what i'm saying the training goes out the training is it's isn't it has a certain like amount of effect but the simple effect is natural stain body size you know what i'm saying what's your uh, okay the, the amount, uh, you know what the damage output this your- is what i'm thinking like we're <laughs> like this is what i'm thinking all right i i got a little i got a little squad of me and you're like a, a russian base okay so I, I go in there five of my guys kill five of your guys and then like some other five killed mine so it's just me and you in this fucking technology but- room and like I got my knife, you got your knife, and then like we cut each other up a bit, and then we we end up losing our knives, and we're just there exhausted, right there. That was like you're right there exhausted. We got nothing but our fists, right? That's and what you're we're talking in about. a small confined space. Uh, okay, and it's gonna be hard to admit, but I'm pretty sure you would probably win in that situation <laughs> just because I could just imagine him just like just like just going and up then to like my the thing other is, my thing is I'm gonna tell you exactly how this fight is gonna go it's, in that space it's not even gonna be no fist thrown it's gonna be you getting thrown around you know what I'm saying I'm gonna just toss you around until you can't go no more then I'm gonna slowly start beating you you feel because <laughs> My thing is, the size is what's going to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say, you know what I'm saying, you're going to go, not going out without a fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, you got to. But you know what I'm saying? All I got to do is get those hands around your neck. You know what I'm that's, saying? Yeah, see, that's the thing that I would I would assume would make you win is just, like, the fact that you would strangle, like, they would, like, they would strangle the soldier. And I feel like that's just the closest thing. Like, despite everything, if, sir, like, if they survive the knife, and that's like not section. even like a ten out of ten, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give it like a seven out of ten because three out of ten you might you might hit them in the nuts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get behind them, strangle them yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, you know what I'm saying? It still stops you could pull, you know what I'm saying? He could bite your arm, you know what I'm saying? Loosen your grip, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, so it's like, exactly. There's so many stops you could pull, so it's like I, you know what I'm saying? It's hard for me, especially like when it comes if it if it was anything else, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about gunfights, you know what I'm saying? The knife, I'll probably give it to the Chinese if it came down to In the that knife. Section, but yeah. if it came down to everything exhausted, hand-to-hand, hand-to-hand. Russian soldier. No, I, I got to agree with you. Uh, I'll probably give it 3-7 Russian, Russian soldier. I think they probably, like I said, I'm 100% sure that there's going to be a, a couple of times where the Russians gonna, Russian soldier is going to like slip up and we're going to get that clean kill in the with the knife sort of thing when it comes down to it. But... Um, you know, one thing about it was just, like, the discipline of, like, the Chinese army, I feel like, is what's going to, like, make them win that three times, but, those three times, but I feel like the the Russian soldier is just, you know, bigger in that sense at the end, both exhaustion, same place, just rare, bare hands, probably, I would give it to the Russian soldier, just because of its size, it's, like, 
capabilities and it's still very very well trained you know it's just bigger in size you know um so yeah i'm gonna have to give that the army one to to marco won the first <laughs> one um uh, but before the second one we're gonna go ahead and take our uh break and we'll be right back all right and we're back so um that was the first one and marco you had uh one i feel like we have a pattern of you winning the first uh, <laughs> round of most of the matchups um but our second one are going to be the Navy. So we chose um, different navies and different factions of the world. So um, mine was the Russian Navy. So uh, <clears throat> it's actually existed in various forms since 1696. And its present iteration was formed in January of 1992. And their motto is, God and St. Andrew's flag are with us. And their fleet consists of one aircraft carrier, uh, two battle cruisers, two cruisers, ten destroyers, eleven frigates, eighty corvettes, eleven landing ship tanks, sixty landing crafts, eighteen special purpose ships, four patrol ships, fifty-six patrol boats, and forty-five mine countermeasure uh, countermeasures vessels, eight special purpose submarines, and forty-seven ballistic missile crews ballistic missile cruise missile and attack submarines um <clears throat> and is that considered a lot i i mean th is that considered like a lot like having like 40s and stuff like that like do you think that's quite a bit for like an army to have i like some com someone coming from like the navy i mean yeah i guess compared I, to the u.s it, like, i mean compared to you know what i'm saying I mean... It's hard to yeah. compare. I mean, like, based on, you know what I'm saying, everybody else, yeah. It's a, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even have, you know what I'm saying? Even having a Navy, because, like, most nations don't have a Navy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't have access to the sea, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's one, you know what I'm saying, thing you actually got to, you know what I'm saying? A lot of countries are inland, you know what I'm saying? They have no access to get to the water to even, you know what I'm saying, start this type to of training. To even have that, yeah, yeah, know? training. Um... They actually, the Russian Navy severed, uh, suffered severely with the collapse of the Soviet Union due to the insufficient, ma uh, insufficient maintenance and the lack of funding and subsequent effects on the training of personnel and timely replacement of equipment. So another setback was that, which attributed to Russia's domestic shipbuilding industry, which was a decline due to the absence of modern, hard uh, modern hardware and technology. And I know it's like, I'm making my like Russia look bad, but like not really though because they did start off like pretty like little to nothing, but then they kind of grew really fast and efficiently to having this huge army that is you know pretty big, you know. Um, and then a t in 2013, a rise in gas and oil prices enabled a sort of renaissance of the Russian Navy due to the increased available funds, which may have allowed Russia to begin. Uh, developing the capacity to modernize and that's where we kind of got or they kind of got like really efficient in modernizing the army and the navy and whatnot in uh, 2014 defense minister uh, Sergei Shoigu said that Russian naval capabilities would be bolstered with new weapons and equipment within the next six years <clears throat> and they really they really like took off with that you know um and that's one thing with them is that, like, it was also, like, size, but, like, their capabilities also. And, um, 
you know, I, I think all around, like, a pretty good Navy, you know? Um, and then one thing that I mentioned to you off the podcast was that Russia has deployed trained dolphins during its invasion of Ukraine to protect a Black Sea naval base. And the fact that they can do that is like, yeah, like dolphins are very smart creatures, but like it's just crazy, you know? Like it's crazy you have trained dolphins. <laughs> so the thing is that dolphins are actually tasked with counter diver operations, which is a traditional role both the US and Russia have trained marine mammals for. So this is the first time I hear about this. I didn't know that the US also do it too. Um but uh, it also prevents Ukrainian special operation forces from infiltrating the harbor underwater to sabotage the warships. Um, and then also the Russian Navy is on paper the second most powerful on the planet due to its su- uh, nuclear submarine fleets. Uh, so that's um, that's with the Russia. And I also have a stats table where uh, it's Russia versus Navy. But I'll, I'll do that later on after uh, you say what yours is. So do you want to go ahead and... Uh, yeah, I got you. <clears throat> let's see what you got. The Navy I chose was the United States Navy, obviously. Come Damn. On. I mean, my man had to represent, yeah. I chose the United States Navy based off, you know what I'm saying, I was in the Navy, you know. I have a special appreciation for our Navy. Yeah. So the United States Navy is the maritime service branch of the United States Armed Forces, and one of the eight uniformed service of the United States. It's the largest and most powerful Navy in the world. Let it be known. The largest and most powerful. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> so, uh, it has 336,978 personnel on active duty and 101,583 in ready reserves. It's the third largest of the United States military service branches in terms of personnel. It has 290 deployable combat vessels and more than 2,623 operational aircraft. It's a little bit of number. So the Navy started in uh, October 13, 1775. That's when it was founded, but it got revamped in uh, March 1794. And that's how the current standards is now. Uh, the Navy goes by Semper Fortis, which means always courageous. And the colors are blue and gold. And my uh, it uh, specializes in air-to-air and air-to-ground, air-to-ground combat. So the basic boot camp for uh, a person is, you know what I'm saying, you're going to boot camp for two months. You're going to be learning pretty much surviving living the life on a ship you know yeah. that's what our that's what boot camp more so is about is not more so a combat aspect and training granted mm-hmm. in boot camp you do do a you do do a qualification for a nine millimeter you do shoot a nine millimeter to get a qualification for that but oh okay just it's more so discipline aspect and how to you know what i'm saying represent the navy you know what i'm saying as as being a sailor you know yeah. It's not more so, you know what I'm saying, preparing you for a fight, a battle, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then more so, you know what I'm saying, as you being in the in America's Navy, it's not more so you're going to a battle, you know. Uh-huh. 
because our deployments are on an aircraft carrier or any other type of carrier that's out there you know so in this sense are we are we gonna have the like the navy soldier fight or are we gonna no no no, that's that's what we're gonna do is sailor the sailor versus sailor it's gonna be hand-to-hand it's gonna get down to the you know what would you what would you think would happen if it was like a, a like let's say a team of u.s not the entire army, but like a team of some of your your like uh, submarines and shit, and then a team of mine. You know, who, who? What would you say? Who? Who do you think would win in that? Like, if it was like submarine like missiles and shit, because I have like a nuclear missile. You know, mm. um, you know, I have submarines that are like have powerful missiles that could you know, and I have dolphins who uh, detect that shit. You know. Yeah, but when it comes, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to anything to where, like, you know what I'm saying, we have access to what America's Navy really is, you know, it's not going to be a competition, you know what I'm saying, because it's not just, there's no, you know, it's not just going to be subs, you know, because, like, it's, it's, there's, we don't go out as, like, singles, you know what I'm saying, it's a fleet, you know what I'm saying, there's a fleet with certain, there's a certain amount of each ships and each type of, you know what I'm saying, uh, vehicle mm-hmm. per se in that fleet you get me yeah and they all have their own purpose you get me yeah so i don't think it would ever be like an an opportunity for you know what i'm saying that to happen yeah. so if you but if you and then the thing is like i don't think you know what i'm saying a fleet of naval vessels versus any other navy you know what i'm saying we would take that out that's what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be sailor versus sailor. So, like, a guy like myself, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only hand-to-hand combat I got is experience from, like, me being in fights as a person, you know? Yeah. So, the fact of the matter is automatic disadvantage. If you know any type of, you know what I'm saying, crazy, off-the-wall, you know what I'm saying, techniques, automatic advantage, you know what I'm saying? I'm not doing the knife play, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I shot, I shot pretty decent with nine mil. You get me? So it's like, you know, what I'm saying, I can shoot. You could, nine yeah. Mil, but the fact of the matter is, like, you know, if it came down to that, you know, what I'm saying, probably lost that as well. You get me? If it comes down to a face-to-face knife play, I'm not John Wick. <laughs> 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 you get me? <laughs> I'm not John Wick. You get me? You okay, get me? so you, do you think objectively, like, it? The Navy, like, are not well suited in combat. No, we're well suited in the combat that we we engage in. You get me? But if it came down to you know what I'm saying, what we're doing today in these matchups, you know what I'm saying, definitely not suited for that. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to find some navy like combat training, but I don't I don't think there is any. I told you, man. I'm telling you, naval, naval boot camp, naval boot camp. The 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 final thing right there with the, what you're looking at battle stations. That's about like a ship being attacked. You know what I'm saying? How to repair the ship? What you're supposed to do in a ship attack? You know what I'm saying? That's and there's like nothing about. All right, then you know th- this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna. This is the situation. This Russian Navy ship comes but, over. But my thing is, you know what I'm saying, that, that uh, that's another thing. If it's, You know what I'm saying? If you're attacking a naval ship, then you have to, and, and you could, your 
implementing the fact that I can I have the advantages of using that shit, you know. Or no matter what, like it'll be man to man. No matter what, I just end up getting onto the ship. My guys end up killing your guys again. It's just me and you in the fucking in the in the yeah yeah the captain's yeah. But uh, my thing is, I already told you, bud. If it it doesn't matter how it is, <laughs> if it comes down to. If it comes down to mano y mano, you know what I'm saying? Wow, wow, West, oh, you know, standoff. <laughs> it's gonna be an L every time for the for you know what I'm saying because we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I could throw you, I could throw a couple punches with you, you know what I'm saying? But if you pull out some special technique, it's over for me. But you know I'm what a saying? Russian Navy. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, huh? Russian Navy, bro. Yeah, it's over for me. Oh I'm, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, I'm giving. I'm, but see, like, okay, so is it always gonna go down to just my size? You know, it's not. It's not about size. You know what I'm saying? This is this here is about training. You know what I'm saying? True. You get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go through some type of combat training experience, correct? Yeah. Exactly. There's not me being to going through Navy boot camp. You will not the combat experience. You're thinking. You know what I'm saying? You're not getting that. <laughs> you get me? There's yeah. just not gonna happen. You get me? The only combat, if you go do some extracurricular, that's cool on your part. But you know what I'm saying? Average sailor does not have that extracurricular combat experience. The only combat experience you're going to bring to that table is every fight you've been in previous previously year the, from getting yeah, into you get me? Yeah. Unless you're one of those guys, you know what I'm saying, that just, you know what I'm saying, you're like that. You know what you're I'm just saying? Fighting. <laughs> but no, nah, it's not like that. 100% is going to be an L. Nah, the North Koreans are wild. <laughs> nah, that, the North Korea is crazy. Nah, we gotta watch that real quick. That shit's crazy. You got them tied up next to each other in the pole, bro. Oh no, I should have chose these boys. Nah, I yeah, I should have chose North Korea. That shit's crazy. But you gotta understand. The Marine Corps is the Department of the Navy. So that's mm. more so our ground presence. You get me? Yeah. The the Navy itself is not really like boots on the ground, you know? Damn. Nah, they, <laughs> Wait, what? Are they doing the sledgehammer on their hands? Holy shit. This is fucking crazy. You oh. see the spikes? Those are spikes. Lay down on some spikes. This oh, is crazy. Oh, shit. This is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Who are these people? Oh, fuck. These are super soldiers. Look at that. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. That was a rope. Oh, that's crazy. It's bent metal rebar. Yeah, see? Look. <laughs> if, like, look, if it came down to me versus them, they got too many special techniques. Look. Nah. Nah, that man's built different. Hey, he look, broke some look, glass my and thing just is, laid on it. Oh my god, he put some. St- my, you know, my thing is, like people are like, I'm gonna give you a little instance. You know what I'm saying? Like, say you get like, uh, captured overseas. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. You're, you know what I'm saying? And they're torturing you. 
as soon as they talk about cutting off anything, I'm giving up all the information, bro. <laughs> That's how you know, like, a battle against, you know what I'm saying? Me yeah. Versus, it's not, it's a win every time. It's a 10 out of 10 for whoever, you know? Because yeah. there's no, there's, there's nothing I could do. I mean, I could, hey, I'll give you the fight of my life, but it wouldn't even be, you know what I'm saying? Look, that guy right there was like 6'3", my height, and he just kicked clean over his head. Yeah, that's wild. Look at that, man. Oh, my gosh. Nah, I really should should have chose North Korea, man. Look. Damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Oh, yeah, that's wild. Nah. That's actually crazy. Mm, see? But like I'm saying, it's, a, it's an automatic disadvantage. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, honestly, I really feel like if it's just man-to-man, like, combat 100%, again, the Navy is probably going to, or the Russian Navy or a Russian sailor is going to get that dub because just because of, like, the training, the, um, you know, their size, too. Uh, and then, I mean, to your, in your in your I mean experience, do you think like like you said, it, it'll just be from past experience, you know? And objectively, y'all don't really learn how to like, or y'all don't have that combat training, right? Nope. So, where what are you leaning to? What do you mean? So, what do you? Who do you who do you think is going to is gonna win that? I told you, Russian. Ten out of ten. Russian, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Damn, you don't you don't think? I'm not giving I'm not giving S one because I'm gonna tell you though, you know what I'm saying? Our our physical requirements aren't that high, you know. Yeah. And then there's no combat training, and then it's like you don't even have like with the nine mil shooting, you don't even have to qualify. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You could shoot in there and miss every fucking target. You get me? What about you? If you went up against a a, a Russian sailor? Me, I just told you. Ten out of ten loss. No, if, but you personally <laughs> Me though. personally lost uh, ten out of ten. Not if, any? No, if they know any techniques. You know what I'm saying? And my thing is like, you know what I'm saying? I've been in fights before, you know what I'm saying? Fights, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Most Americans aren't built for a long fight. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not trained like John. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a combat specialist trained, you know what I'm saying, to be fighting five minutes at a time, you know? Yeah. That's the, My stamina is not like that. Damn. Shit. So, I, honestly, I don't even feel like I won, man. A Russian one right there. They gave me that point. That's crazy. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean... I don't know. It's, it's I feel not, like there's got to be one one Navy officer. I mean, there, there. I mean, granted, you know what I'm saying. There's people that work out all the time, all that stuff. You but know that's what I'm different, physically though. fit. You know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, though, you know what I'm saying. Being physically fit don't matter. You know what I'm saying. When the guy is also physically fit, but physically combat and trained with, you know what I'm saying, yeah. techniques that, that you don't, you know what I'm saying, you don't know. Granted, I know people that. In the Navy that fought, you know what I'm saying? They did, like, you know what I'm saying, MMA fights on the side. People that did, like, Taekwondo, stuff like that. They may be better suited for it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. we're talking about average, you know what I'm saying? Average Average sailor running yeah. to it, you know what I'm saying? The average Russian Navy sailor, you get me? And it's a complete, you know what I'm saying, 100%. difference. 
Yeah, no, I and that's being one hundred. You know what I'm saying? And I rock with the Navy, heavy America's yeah, yeah, yeah. Navy. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, if it came to anything to where we actually could do what we what we do, it's over. W yeah. for America, but hundred But this is the aspect of matchups. You know what I'm saying? It comes down to sailor mono mono hand to hand facts. Just the facts of like what you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying happen. I'm a you know what I'm saying not gonna hit the dude a couple times. Oh, trust me, I'm gonna get some hits off. Trust oh yeah, me. yeah, yeah. no, the 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 Russian the Russian. I'm throwing. Taylor, but but my limping. but not 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 even limping, <laughs> not even limping. He might he might not even look like he got hit. You get me? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna get some hits off. Hundred percent. I'm gonna hey. I'm gonna put on some pain. But guess what? What it's going? It's not even gonna come close to what he's gonna be able to do to me. Like, oh you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah 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 yeah. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. I think I'm, I'm I'm gonna give like I I like I said. I feel like there's one navy. Navy sailor out there who could, who could, you know, throw it up and just you know, kill him. There's got to be one out there. There's got to be one. I don't. I just. There's got to be one out there. So I'm gonna give it nine one to the Russian. Ten out of ten, Russia. Ten out of ten. <laughs> and that's coming from a an, an, a naval sailor. Ten out of ten, Russia. <laughs> you. Now. Ten out of ten, Russia. If they do any type of like, you know what I'm saying. Like they train and like you know what I'm saying because like um, the Marines do like a certain type of uh, thing called MIGMAP, which is like you know what I'm saying a type of hand to hand combat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Granted, Navy sailors can 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 like train and learn that too, but you know what I'm saying. Let's be honest, the average sailor is not doing that. You yeah. Get me? So no, the fact so of the matter is, you know what I'm saying. It's opportunity there too, but you know what I'm saying. Most people don't take the opportunity. So the fact of the matter in that, in that chance to where you didn't have an opportunity, you were mandated to. Mm-hmm. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Because then you 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 forcefully have that. And my thing is like you know what I'm saying. This is a fight to the death. You get me? You know what I'm saying. I'm gonna tell you if it come down to the gun combat. You know what I'm saying. Advantage. It come down to that knife play. Advantage. And then if you know any special like hand to hand combat. You know what I'm saying. Advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so even yeah. in a regular fist fight, I feel like Russians are built more. To, you oh know yeah, what Russians saying? are definitely built more to. to <laughs> you know what fight. I'm saying to withstand. You know what I'm saying. No, yeah, yeah, they're definitely built to withstand and like. I'm gonna tell you, bro, America. You know what I'm saying? As a, we're a fragile people. Oh, um, definitely. Hey, when we're hurt, hey, we try to get, we give up. You get me? Hundred <laughs> percent. Nah, that that Russian video that we saw, the yeah, yeah, yeah. the training. Uh, yeah, nah, I'm not that's done. just like crazy. That takes a lot. You know that that takes a lot. Um, so now me and Marco one and one. And uh, I think the next one we should do are the special ops, the uh, okay. special operations. Um, so the the special ops that I got was the the Marcos India, or also known as the Marine Commandos. They began February 1987, and they're still um, on to this day. And some of the responsibilities of Marcos are providing support to amphibious operations, which are type of offensive military operations that today uses naval ships to project uh, ground and air power onto hostile and potentially hostile shore at designated landing beach. Um, Special surveillance and reconnaissance operations 
um, clandestine operations inside hostile territory, including diving operations and raids, and then counterterrorism operations. Um, and then their primary tasks are air assault, airborne, air, uh, airborne force, amphibious uh, warfare, close protection, close quarters combat, counterterrorism, direct action, hostage rescue, special operation, uh, unconventional warfare, underwater de- uh, demolition. And then their motto is the few, the fearless. And then I've been doing all the mottos. And then this one is probably like the coolest one. The few, the fearless. Like that's like so cool. Um, so their training is that all Marcos personnel are selected from the Indian Navy when they're in their early 20s. And they have to go through a strict selection process. Uh, training is also a continuous process, and then the American and British Special Forces assisted in setting up the initial training program, which now consists of a seven and a half to eight month course for new recruits. Uh, the training regiment includes airborne operations, combat di- uh, combat diving courses, counterterrorism, anti hijacking, anti piracy operations, direct action, infiltration, exfiltration tactics and special reconnaissance and conventional warfare. Um, The pre-training selection process is made up of two parts. Indian Navy personnel who want to join Marcos uh, must undergo a three-day physical fitness and optitude test. Uh, Within this process, 80% of the applicants are screened out. Um, A further screening process known as Hell's Week is similar to the U.S. Navy SEALs Hell Week. Uh, This involves a high degree of physical exercise and sleep deprivation. After the process, actual training begins. Uh, So that's not even like the actual training. That's just like just to get in, you know. Uh, Around 80 and 85% of the volunteers who enroll fail to fully qualify as Marcos. Uh, The Marcos are trained in every kind of weapon and instrument, including knives, crossbows, sniper rifles, handguns, assault rifles, submachine guns, and bare hands. Being divers, they can reach hostile shores swimming underwater. Uh, so their fra- uh, their further training includes open and closed circuit diving, basic commando skills including advanced weapon skills, demolitions, endurance training, and martial arts. Airborne training, intelligence training, operations of submersible craft, offshore operations, counterterrorism operations, Operations from submarines, skydiving, various special skills such as language training, insertion me- uh, methods, etc., and then explosive ordnance disposal techniques. So that's Marcos. Sounds pretty similar to the one I got. Which one did you get? So I chose the Navy SEALs. Oh. Which is, you know what I'm saying? This is, gonna, this is actually a good battle, you know? Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 because I want to I hear about the Navy SEALs. I want to hear about the Navy SEALs. So the Navy SEALs is the United States Navy Sea, Air, and Land teams, commonly known as the Navy SEALs. This is the U.S. Navy's primary special operations force and the component of the Naval Special Warfare Command. So the Navy actually has way more, uh, like, special commands. You know what I'm saying? This is just one of, the, one of them. But they were founded January 1st, 1962 in San Diego, California. Their motto is 
the only easy day was yesterday or it pays to be a winner. Now, that only easy day hey. was yesterday is pretty fire. <laughs> that is that is pretty fire. So they've been active for 61 years. They have a base out in uh, uh, California, Coronado. And the branches, obviously, the Navy. Their nicknames consist of Frogmen, the teams, the men with green faces. So, boom. The average member of a United States Navy SEALs team spends over a year in a series of formal training environments before being awarded special warfare operator naval rating. Navy enlisted classification, a combat swimmer, or in the case of commissioned naval officers, the designation 113X special warfare officer. All Navy SEALs must attend a graduate and graduate from their rating 24-week A school known as BUDS, which is basic underwater demolition, which I was telling you about. Like, when I was at boot camp, you would see all these people doing, like, all this training in the water with the bricks going up and down. Yeah, yeah, tied yeah, up, yeah. Rescue, trying to save people all that, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. And then they also have to go to a basic parachutist course, which is 26 weeks. And that is called the SEAL Qualification Training Program. Okay, so all sailors entering the SEAL training pipeline will have to they have to be chosen by the Naval Special Warfare Command and attend a six month SEAL specific special operations tactical medical course in Mississippi. Then once you do that and you graduate from there, once outside formal school environment, SEAL enter a team and then and 18 months of training interceded with leave and off time and it's six months of a deployment. So, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're home for a certain amount of time, then you're gone for a certain amount of time. Yeah, type, yeah, Type or do. It kind of, like, switches off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to give you, like, some of the details. So, to vol- so it's, it's completely voluntary, to be, you know what I'm saying, to join the Navy SEALs, you know? Yeah. So... You got to be 18 to 29 years old. You can be male or female. I'm going to discuss the females a little bit later. And first off, first off you got to be 18 to 29 years old, and you have to be in the U.S. Navy. Occasionally, personnel from foreign armed force allies, allies with the United States have been invited to train with BUDS. So, you know what I'm saying? You could come from foreign like uh, militaries to become a Navy SEAL. Too. Oh, okay. For two years of the seven initially planned members of the Coast Guard were allowed to obtain Navy SEAL training, but that was suspended in 2011. So, like, Coast Guard people were getting, like, the same training as Navy SEALs, but it got suspended because, you know what I'm saying, it's a special ops program. Oh, damn, that kind of sucks. So, you can get a waiver at 17 to join, but, you know what I'm saying, that's like a, you got to get your parents. So, boom, you got to have a composite score on the ad, of at least 220 on your ASVAB. Which is like a overall score. So like like I was telling you, it's like individual things. So pretty much you gotta score high in like everything all around. Because you know what I'm saying? This job is like a very specific job. It's not like you it's not I mean not a specific it's not a specific job. It's more like a you gotta be good at everything. Everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you don't you never know what it's so versatile and what problems could happen. You gotta have twenty seventy vision in one eye at least and Why? and it has to be correctable to twenty twenty five to be able to pass the seal physical screening test. That's wild. So if you don't have good eyesight, you could be good in everything, but if you don't have if you need glasses mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. 
Damn. You have no re- you got to have no recent history of drug abuse and you have to have a good moral character as determined by the history of criminal conviction and civil citations. So, December 2015, women have been eligible to enter the SEAL pipeline training provided. They can meet the same acceptance guidelines as men. I'm pretty sure there, uh, one woman did go in 2017. I'm not sure how it went, but, you know. Mm-hmm. She, a woman is allowed to become a Navy SEAL. Oh, cool, much. cool, cool, cool. But, yeah, but that's pretty much what the Navy SEALs are. Combat specialists out there in the field. See, well, I don't know. I mean, it does. It, I mean, a Navy SEAL 100% has that IQ, that battle IQ, um, that combat training. And, uh, you know, also it's just like the Marcos, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think they're, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Israel. Uh, but they're just. I don't know. I feel like they're really extreme with their training as well, you know. And um, you know, this one, the video that I put on is just this Operations Black Tornado, which is like a, re- a response to an attack. Um, but they have so many. They have so much responsibility and tasks that they have to be again like well-rounded uh soldiers in order to handle any situation mm-hmm. that comes about you know and that definitely takes a lot you know that takes a lot from a person to be able to do that and you have to be you know a well talented person to be able to do that you know and my thing is man i both sides gets all the credits i watched a video the other day of like these navy seals training and they were getting this guy to quit because he, they were like, man, your scores are holding up the team. You know, you're holding everybody back. Nobody's going to graduate if you're here. Damn. So they got they got this little thing where they, they ring the bell three times and they send you home. So he's sitting at the bell. And in my head, it's like, is it a mental test to see if you really want to be here or do they really want you gone? You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not just the physical, you know what I'm saying? They, it's the mental strain too because it's like... I don't know if it was more so were they testing them mentally or were they just really like, yo, we were don't want you. You're like, yo, you're trash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy, man. So it's like, and the fact of the matter is, you know what I'm saying? The Marco said they trained close to the Navy SEAL Hell Week. So it's like the combat experience is not be... even like really an advantage because it's like right up it's there. It's right up know? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this could, one. This could be a this could be a either way, you know what I'm saying? A fifty fifty. It could it, be a fifty. I can you know, definitely because, see that. Because it's is these are pretty much, you know what I'm saying, different cultures, same outlook Methods. of same outlook of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, they basically do the same thing. The uh the the type of people that need to be in this mm. they're well rounded, smart individuals who are capable of physicality too, you know. Pushing um, yourself beyond, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, David Goggins. Like, beyond average, you know? Look at five, four in the morning, five in the morning, over here doing push-ups full of mud, you know? Mud. Like, working out. So, this is not, like, damn, like, this is actually crazy, you know? Uh, these, the Navy SEAL does not play around. It's just, like, also, the it's going to keep up with Marcos, you know? It's going to keep up with that, uh, uh, with that faction and, in combat too it's gonna be a well very very good fight you know it's gonna be very good and i got a story to tell you about 
you know what I'm saying? Just to just to like uh, show you like how like you know what I'm saying serious these people are. I have a friend that uh, when I was, when I first got in the Navy, I was going after I got out of boot camp. I went to A school and I met this guy named Tokars, right? And I'm telling you, he walked around base like he was a god. And I'm like, <laughs> and we were the same rank. We were the same rank. And I'm like, man, how is this guy just like moving around here about guys? So one day we're just like doing this uh, thing called uh, barrack support where you're just cleaning up the barracks. And I'm asking, I'm like, yo, tell cars, why do they call you? Why do they treat you like they treat you? And it turns out he was a, he was a Navy, he was a bus dropout. So he was going through the training and he got to a point where like he was gone. The training was so tough. Like he broke his leg. Damn. And they forced him to kick out. They forced, like, forced him out. But he didn't want to stop. He wanted to keep going. And I'm like, Damn. what type of what type of mental fortitude? Like, what what does it take to be a, a person that you know what I'm saying to have a broken leg and say, no, nah, I'm still go. going to get this done. You yeah, know? you can also imagine like how heartbroken he must have been too. Like, still like being forced to stop, knowing that he's not going to be able to do it. Like, continue. Damn, that's crazy though. Continuously going, like that's wild. That takes a lot. That takes a lot of like willpower too. Um, wait, yeah, what were we saying before that? Yeah, I totally forgot. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see it like going either way though. You yeah, know? I mean, I'm 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 pretty cool with the fifty on fifty because like the, the this training is just you know. A lot, you know. You know what I'm saying? You're you're put to the test to be able to withstand anything. Yeah. It's like unstoppable force meets uh a movable object, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. It's it's definitely gonna be uh one of them's gonna come out come out limping, damn near crawling, you know? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, it's not even gonna be like it's gonna be like a respectable like, you know what I'm saying, like you are a fine soldier, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Type ordeal, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's more so bringing light to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, although we do have a lot of advantages in America, you know what I'm saying? There's capability to do what we do around the world. You oh, know? yeah, 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 for sure. Maybe not at the speed as we do it and the efficiency, mm -hmm. but it's just, like, it's not like we're far. Like, most yeah. people are far behind. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, That's like the coldest stuff, though. You know what I'm saying? When they pop out the water, that is really cool. <laughs> that is yeah, like the yeah. coldest stuff ever. The few, the fearless. That's so cool. Let's see, India's India is cold with it. I would, mm. I see. I would have never thought, you know. And it's just some cool information that I know now. I know that Marcos India is a code as special operations team. You know. Mm -hmm. See, the thing with them that I feel like is a good advantage, I mean, I, w I don't know about an advantage because this looks, I would believe that this is a Navy SEAL operations, you know? Because mm -hmm. they're, they're both, I would say, very well tra trained to be adapted, adaptable in any terrain, you know? And my thing is, as a, when you become such an elite person like, like this, you tend to, you know what I'm saying, not underestimate your opponent. So there will be a mutual respect during oh, the fight. Oh, 100%, especially with the knowledge that these, these like, they both have. Exactly. 100%. It would be a great fight. It would be a great fight. And honestly, I hate, I, I'm honestly voting for, a, 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 like, 50-50. 
just because I feel like you know they they're both so similar in mostly almost mm-hmm. every way. I think that in combat, both would. I mean, there would be times where each side prevails. Each side, yeah, would be able to you know go up against the other one and actually take on that kill as to our, in the opposite side you know mm-hmm. i feel like 100% like this looks just like a, the us navy uh, navy seals like i feel like there's hey, you know no size crazy? advantage or anything you know it's crazy i was thinking I'm like yeah man this is going to be a clear win for me <laughs> i was definitely thinking that I was, just like me being, you know what I'm saying? And that's, but that's the thing. It brings light on to, you know what I'm saying? The fact that, you know what I'm saying? There's other, you know what I'm saying? Agencies with the same capability as, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our armed forces. Same capabilities. Like, this is going to, this is one of those where I would want to, I would want to watch. I would want to see this fight because, like, it could literally go either way. You never know which way it could go. You know, one slip up from one way, the other one wins the same way the other side. So like, it's just look at that. Damn, that's crazy. So what do you say? Fifty. Yeah, I said fifty-fifty. Yeah. All right. I think we both should get a point for that. So I guess we're both at two. Um. Let's see the next one. The next one. The next one is going to going to be the intelligence agency. So, um, for the intelligence agency, I actually chose uh, India uh, again. I chose the India Raw, which is the research and analysis wing. So, uh, the agency's primary function is to gather foreign intelligence counterterrorism, counterproliferation, advising Indian policymakers and advancing India's foreign strategic interests. It is also involved in the security of India's nuclear program. It was formed in uh, September 21st, 1968, which was 54 years ago, and the motto is he who does not observe dharma is destroyed, while he who follows is meticu- meticulously is protect- is protected. Their budget is classified. And um, so the primary mission of RAW includes the intelligence collection uh, via uh, this thing called Hummint. Uh, and then uh, psychological warfare, subversion, sabotage. And uh, RAW maintains active liaison with other agencies and services in various countries. Those agencies include SVR of Russia, Afghanistan's NDS, Israel's Mossad, and Germany's BND, the CIA, and MI6, and have been well known a common interest being Pakistan's nuclear program. Um, RAW has been active in obtaining information and operating through through third countries. Uh, RAW offices abroad have limited strength and are largely geared to the collection of military, economic, scientific, and political intelligence. RAW monitors the activities of certain organizations broad, abroad only insofar as they relate to their involvement with narco-terrorists, elements, and smuggling arms, ammunition, explosives, etc. into India. 
It does not monitor the activities of criminal elements abroad, which are mainly confined to normal smuggling uh, without any link to terrorist elements. And then their training consists of um, of like officials being sent to various places across the country and the world for rigorous training, including countries like United States, United Kingdom, and Israel. Uh, the trainees receive an exhausting training in the art of self-defense, mainly Krav Maga and the use of technical espionage uh, devices. Initially, Raw uses uh, to hire used to hire people only from intelligence Peru. Indian police services and Indian military or revenue departments. However, being recruited in the research and analysis wing now is comparatively a lot simpler than before. They have even started picking up students from universities. Uh, Training for RAW generally lasts for a couple of years. There's a basic training and there's an advanced training. So the basic generally training lasts no longer than 10 days where the trainees are familiarized with the real world of intelligence and espionage. Uh, financial and economic analysis, space technology, information security, energy security, and scientific knowledge is given to the trainees. The recruit is made to specialize in a foreign language and are introduced to geostrategic analysis. Case studies of other agencies like CIA, KGB, ISI, Mossad, and MI6 are presented for study. The inductee is also taught that intelligence organizations do not identify who is a friend and who is a foe. The country's foreign policy does. After completing basic training, the recruit is sent to the FIB, which is a field intelligence bureau. Uh, His or her training here lasts for one to two years, which are given firsthand experience of what it was to be out in the uh, figurative code conducting clandestine operations. During night exercises under realistic conditions, he or she is taught infiltration and exfiltration. They are also taught how to avoid capture and if caught, how to face interrogation. He or she learns the art of reconnoitre, uh, making contacts, and the numerous skills of operating an intelligence mission. At the end of the field training, the new recruit is brought back to the school for final polishing. And that is um, the Raw Intelligence Agency. They're a lot more like physical than I thought. Exactly. I like I I didn't I thought like uh, a central just, intelligence. It was, was more desk work. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. No sir, it's a lot more field work than what we know. Do you know a lot about like uh, uh, like intelligence agencies and whatnot? I mean, I watch TV shows and stuff, so it's like you know what I'm saying. It's not really in the know. It's more so just like. Uh, what 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 we can infer from you know it's like what we see yeah yeah but i definitely knew you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you know what i'm saying being like a cia agent you know what i'm saying you definitely out there doing some you know what i'm saying like oh yeah you there is some some there's some covert operations things. yeah all right bro which one which one did you get uh, so you know what I'm saying. My intelligence agency is coming from Tel Aviv, Israel, Ooh. and it is the Mossad. The Mossad is responsible for intelligence collections, covert operations, and counterterrorism. 
it's direct it's director answers directly and only to the prime minister prime minister its annual budget is estimated to be around 10 billion shekels which is the equivalent to 2.73 billion US dollars oh, and it is it is estimated that it, it employs around 7000 people directly making it one of the world's largest espionage agencies unlike other security bodies such as the israel defense forces and israel security agency its purpose objectives roles missions powers and budgets have not been defined in any law they were founded in december 13 1949 73 years ago their uh their uh whatchamacallit what is it called their motto i almost forgot what that was <laughs> Where there, where no council is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So they have different special units. I just chose two, uh, two. I think it's like eight different departments, but I chose just chose two. One is called the Masada. The Masada is a unit responsible for attacking the enemy. Masada runs small units of combatants who missions include assassinations and sabotage. Oh shit. And then I have another group, which is called the Kidon. The Kidon is a unit which belongs to the Kasseria Department, one of the Masai's eight departments. It is a described by Yaakov Katz as an elite group of expert assassins who operate under the Kasseria branch of the espionage organization. Not much is known about the unit, details on which are some of the most closely guarded by the Israeli intelligent community. So it's a lot. I'm telling the Mossad, it's a lot we don't even know about because mm-hmm. it, they move so secretly. So, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't even, like, find a lot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? I know what I knew. You know what I'm saying? I've watched shows, so I knew what the Mossad was. The Mossad Academy is the official summer residence of the Israeli prime minister there. There you are taught the tradecraft of intelligence gathering for approximately three years. Mossad has responsibility for human intelligence collections, covert actions, counterterrorism. It focuses on the Arab nations and organizations throughout the world. Mossad is also responsible for the clandestine movement of Jewish refugees out of Syria, Iran, and Ethiopia. Mossad is for the people. And that's the Mossad. Nah, Mossad definitely seems very well established. They definitely seem like, um, I guess as an entirety, as a group, you know, well-rounded. But, um, you know, but like if we're facing it down to just like, you know, one-on-one, what, like a computer guy or something or like with a main dude there. Right? Sort of I mean, thing, or what do you think? Or like who would be able to, like, who is more capable of saving this one hostage faster than the other sort of thing, you know? Or like some counterterrorism thing. I mean, but like I said, you know, my Mossad also do assassinations. So it's like, yeah, you know what I'm that's saying? crazy. It, it, it could be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, mano y mano, hand to hand. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying. You're the target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're just a 
a raw agent that, you know what I'm saying, that's rogue and, you know what I'm saying, a Mossad agent gets sent to kill you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. No, that's that's actually crazy. Um, well, because both agencies are very well, like, you know, well-trained. You know, they're, they're, they're put in very, very harsh training. Uh, that, but that, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, my thing is like, really... my thing is like, what? And that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? If if we were doing that situation to where like, I, I feel like that's the disadvantage because, you know what I'm saying? That's sending an, an assassin after you. You get me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it could be like you send out an assassin and then, you know, my, uh, you know, my, one of my raw, like, workers end up, you know, fighting this guy who comes out alive, you know, one of the the operations workers or your, uh, your assassin, you know, that could be, that could be the scenario sort of thing. But um, I feel like that's a disadvantage to the 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 raw, you know, because it's like you're sending an assassin after, you know what I'm saying? Someone who's already well equipped, you know? Yeah, someone who's well equipped. Yeah. <sighs> because even if we wanted to do like an agency as a whole, how would we even like how would we even go about that, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You couldn't so I was what I'm thinking is more so, you know. We create we create a hypothetical problem, you know what I'm saying, between the two, and you know what I'm saying. They send an agent out, two field agents from each organization, you know what I'm saying, to uh, get intel, I guess, and they cross paths, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And in order to get the intel back to your agency, you gotta finish my agent, vice versa, you know what I'm saying. If I want to get the intel back, I gotta finish the Indian raw agent. Oh, okay. So, like, still having so, that combat. So yeah, so, so both sides have that combat experience, you know? Yeah. Like, at least, at least I wouldn't even say combat, just at least make them both, like, field agents to where, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not a 100% disadvantage, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both because, you know what I'm saying? Both, I guarantee both intelligence agencies have people that, you know what I'm saying, are not part of the field you know what i'm saying they're just the smart people that's behind the scene you know exactly what I'm saying? yeah yeah so it might be a disadvantage to them but just to like certain people who are specifically field agents go up one another i feel like 100 percent that'd be a great fight but you know for some reason i feel like you know the research and analysis wing like their training is a little bit more harsh um you know, even reading back on it right now, I just like, just thought like, I like it's it's crazy crazy how you know how much that they go through. So they've got to be, especially for it to be like an intel, uh, like intel sort of faction. Like, it just it shocked me a little bit. So like, I don't know. I feel like it's quite impressive with the type of training that they have, and I feel like it's a, a huge advantage to them. You know. What do you think? My thing is, you know what I'm saying? I'm not discounting, you know what I'm saying, the training, but the Mossad has trained assassins. So you give me, there's people literally that's part of the intel agency that are just like here to, and then it's not even just trained assassins. 
it, they have different levels. You know what I'm saying? They have assassins, and then they have a group of elite assassins that we don't even know information about. Yeah, there's not even really anything on it. All we know is what we see. <laughs> I told you, man. Yeah. But man. but but then again, it's like even with the information you got on Raw, you know what I'm saying? That's only just like the surface level of what Raw actually is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, most definitely. I'm pretty sure they have like you know what I'm saying? Because you know what I'm saying? Even though you know what I'm saying, I'm underestimating them right now. I'm not gonna cap. I'm underestimating them. Right but the fact of the matter is. They have probably do the, you know what I'm saying? This is another, like, instance to where, you know what I'm saying? This is an even battle, you know? Another even battle. So it's, like, it's hard to say who has the advantage, you know? But I will say, though, like, having trained assassins is crazy. Having trained assassins is is crazy. Is crazy. Especially for, like, a, like a central intelligence. Well, I guess not because I really don't know much about the CIA or anything like that, but... No, that is, that's actually really crazy for them to have trained assassins. And, you know, that might be the thing that actually gives them the upper hand, to be able to have those trained assassins. And um, I didn't hear anything about that on the uh, the Raw. So um, that's one thing about the Mossad where I didn't even know about, which is one huge advantage to them. But it, like, So you think, you know, a one-on-one -on -one battle... You know, it's just it's a, one agent one, against the other. One agent, one agent. You know what I'm saying? Whoever ate their Wheaties that morning, you know, it's <laughs> like it's a, it's a toss up every time. You know, it you just can't, depends it, on the. You can't situation. put this. You can't like single out one thing. Doesn't you know what I'm saying? The only thing that would like differentiate it is if we switch the scenario to where like it was an assassin sent. That's the only thing that would switch the scenario. Other than that, it'd be a. Whoever got the best of the other one that day. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interchangeable, and I feel like it, it definitely depends on any scenario that there is. Like, each and every one of, of the scenarios are going to just differ, and I feel like uh, both, 100%, both like of the agents are very well trained and put together, and you know, very capable. It's just, it's probably going to be one of those things where it's a 50-50, you know? Um, it's it's very difficult to uh, decide which one is most definitely, like, going to come out seven out of three times or, or uh, seven out of ten times, you know? Um, so I don't know, man. I think I'm going to have to go ahead and give it that... Uh, that fifty fifty because it's just And that's a, and that's the thing, man. A lot of these things is like, you know what I'm saying? It's an equal training board. Except the only one that really wasn't like an equal training board for it was the Navy, you know? It really yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was that Russian against wait, it, which one was it? It was the, the Russian against the American. The American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was most definitely but these other ones have been just like also you know what the I'm first saying? one. It's exactly the first yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, the Russian against the, yeah. the Chinese army. That was just, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even, that. even with that one, it was more so they're both well-equipped to, you know what I'm saying? To, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a complete sweep, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what were you saying, though? 
Oh, well, with these, uh, well, well, with uh, each side having, the, you know what I'm saying, certain amount of capabilities, it's like a toss up, you know what I'm saying, because it's like they both train to get to a certain point, you mm. know what I'm saying, to be able to be what, you know what I'm saying, these people are. And it's like, you can't discount that that experience on either side. So it's no way you can stand unless there's like a clear, you know what I'm saying, advantage. But like, what would that advantage be? You know, like no, there's, there's only one I thought of with this one, and that's like only if you got an assassin sent after you. That's the only advantage I feel like the Masai would get on you. You know what I'm saying? Other than that, I feel like it'd be whoever fair, you know, fair one on one. Yeah. Like it's just one of those things where even from like when we first started naming it, like I found similarities between the two. I thought they're like I thought. It was, you know, it basically sort of like the same thing, you know? So I just... And that's, that's, I mean, and it's technically they are, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying? They're just different aspects of people's perceptions on how they, an intelligence agency should be, you know? Yeah. Granted, though, you know what I'm saying? If an assassin did come, you know what I'm saying? Aside 10 out of 10. You know, maybe, honestly, man, I'm going to have to give you that, that 6 4. Just because, like, just because of that assassin, man. Like, that's just crazy. Like, that's actually crazy that you have they have an assassin, you know? Trained assassin. Trained assassin. You said there's different variations of them, yeah. too. So no, most definitely I'm probably gonna have to give you that that point. Just because like of that just because you have that attribute of having those assassins and having different variations of those assassins is just super crazy to me. And I just Yeah, I'm gonna have to give you that one, bro. Cause that one's that one's that's pretty fire. Um Alright, before we head off into our last one, we're gonna go ahead and take our last break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back, and then we're doing our last one, which is going to be the Air Force. So um, the one I chose is the Chinese Air Force, which is also known as the People's Liberation Army Air Force. It was formed in November 11th of 1949, 73 years ago, and uh, their role is aerial warfare, airborne warfare, and air defense. Their size is 400,000 active personnel and 4,000 plus aircraft. Their motto is serve the people. And then their mission is the main role was to support the army by achieving air superiority using fighters, radar, and ground-based weapons. The Chinese Air Force first faced combat in the Korean War against the United States using primarily the Mikoyan Girovich MIG-15 fighter aircraft. Uh, aircraft provided by the Soviet Union, actually, which also assisted with the expansion of the Chinese aerospace industry. The changes in the organization of the Chinese Air Force followed by modernization programs in the 1990s and increased technology development in the 21st century, which created the J-20 Stealth Multirole Fighter, the first of its kind, which is also known as the Mighty Dragon, with precision, precision uh, strike capabilities. The People's Liberation Army Air Force operates a large and varied fleet of 4,000 aircraft, of which around 2,300 are combat aircraft, which consists of fighter, attack, and bombers. Uh, China has the second largest active combat aircraft fleet and the third largest total aircraft fleet in the world. Combat pilots acquire an average of 100 to 150 hours of flying per year. 
The People's Liberation Army Air Force operates a multi-layered integrated air defense system combining radar stations, electronic warfare systems, early warning and surveillance zones, and air missile defense systems of various uh, ranges. Um, their training consists of uh, uh, has to put, put uh, has to put place in a realistic new curriculum that for the first time encourages pilots to think and act independently in the most stressful situations. Uh, the changes could signal the end of the Chinese Air Force's self-described nanny style training system. The flight academies send student pilots into the air even during bad weather, resulting in poor visibility. The practice of illuminating runways with spotlights during the night training ended. So that's sort of like kind of the only thing that I got on the training, just because, again, I couldn't find much of the Air Force sort of thing. But that was like the closest thing, making them jump down into harsh weathers, you know. And I see that they're kind of uh, pushing out that individuality within the Chinese Air Force, you know. And that's my thing, but you know what I'm saying, there's... And that's the thing about the Air Force. There's more aspects to Air Force than just being a pilot, you know? So it's like, well, it depends on, like, what, like, who are we sending out to the battle, you know? Because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, also, like, what are we sending out? Like, so is it going to be, like, is it going to be a person? Like, is it going to be just, like, one of the fighter pilots or something? Or, like, what do you think it's going to be? Like, a jet? You know, because I, I, I mean, the China Air Force did come out with that J-20, which is like a really stealth, you know, well-precise shot with good capabilities. So I feel like it could um, really, really do some damage. I mean... The one, I mean, it's like... A, and this thing and the matchups, I, you know what I'm saying? I was thinking, you know what I'm saying, more so hand to hand. But, and, and I'm pretty sure in both our cases, there's, I mean, the Air Force I chose, they do like, you know what I'm saying, rifle training, I believe, but like. Yeah. If it's you know hand to hand, it's and just even, like there's not much combat in there. Even, even like, you know what I'm saying, pilot, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure there's some type of combat training there, but it's not like to the point to where, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know what? That, that That's pretty fine with me, too. Like, the fact that we didn't have much of that combat. Because 100%, I'm 100% down that for, like, another, like, a part two of this with, like, more factions like uh, the Marines or, like, uh, yeah. whatever the Green Berets are or whatever, like, all those different other types of factions and stuff. And uh, 100%, they have combat videos yeah. they have things to actually go off of and whatnot but still i feel like this was pretty cool and like like i said i didn't really know much about any sort of military or anything so it was pretty cool to be able to see how different branches work in uh other parts of the world i definitely uh, agree yeah, yeah, yeah um but uh which one did you do yours yet no i'm about to i got you so I chose the Royal Air Force, which is the Air Force of the United Kingdom. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I'm, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to do a United States Air Force because you know what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure like they got the, like the latest jets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. OD capabilities. You know? Yeah. But yeah, so the Royal Air Force. You know what I'm saying? 
It is the United Kingdom's Area Warfare and Space Force. It, is, it was formed towards the end of the First World War, 1st of April 1918, becoming the first independent Air Force, Air Force in, the war, in the world. By regrouping the Royal Flying Corps and the Royal Naval Air Service, Following the Allied victory over the Central Powers in 1918, the Royal Air Force emerged as the largest air force in the world at that time. Since its transformation, the Royal Air Force has been taking a significant role in the British military history. In particular, it played a large part in the Second World War, where it fought the most famous its most famous campaign, the Battle of Britain. So, boom. You know, it's an air force. This, they're... Uh, they do uh, aerial warfare, United Kingdom, 33,200 active personnel, 1,940 Royal Auxiliary Air Force, and 3,300 reserve personnel. So their chief of commander is obviously whoever is ruling, which it says right here, King Charles III, but I'm not sure if that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's right. You I know? think he's alive. I'm not too sure. Uh, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? So they got attack, attack aircraft, which consists of MQ-9A Reapers, fighter aircraft, which is uh, Typhoon FR, FGR-4. They got multi-role helicopters. They got the training helicopters, reconnaissance helicopters, training aircraft, transport aircraft, tanker aircraft. So the the Royal Air Force mission is to support objectives of the British Ministry of Defense, which are to provide capabilities needed to ensure security and defense of the United Kingdom and overseas territories, including against terrorism, to support the government's foreign policy. Boom, boom, boom. So the Air Force maintains an operational fleet of various types of aircraft, mainly fixed-wing aircraft, which is like what the United States use, like F-18s, kind of, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, these these aircraft have these roles right here. They do fighter and strike, airborne, early warning and control, intelligence, surveillance, target acquisition and reconnaissance, signal intelligence, maritime patrol, air-to-air refueling, strategic and tactical transport. And let me talk a little bit about the training. I'm gonna tell you about because you know what I'm saying it's a, it's just this is just like you know because it's like like I was telling you earlier it's just like me going to boot camp you know yeah yeah it's just like sort of like the basics yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. So pretty much is uh it's a ten week basic training course, and week one recruits arrive and they pretty much get assessed of how the livings they get like basic like military aspects introduced to like marching drilling and like you know what i'm saying the code of conduct of how you know what i'm saying the royal air force is and week two they develop certain skills what so with the addition of low ropes and time and it's a time of reflection for them yeah. Over the next few weeks, the recruits take to the range and they focus on force protection training with rifles. Week six and seven, they uh, do additional first aid and chemical, biological, radio radiological, nuclear training. And then they have like uh, the recruits deployed to the force protection training area for like week eight, which is like rifle work, camping, map reading, bushcraft, and like uh, high ropes, which is like uh, just like teaching you to climb and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's just like, uh, 
simple survival tactics, you know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that. It's not like anything specific to like prepare you for like life or death situation. For, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, kind of so life or well, death. Well, yeah, but, yeah, with survival, like, but sort of like but like a aspect. like a I meet an equal opponent and it's time for you to take you down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's one of the the downfalls to like this is that like or I guess this section is that it is not really combat based uh the air force um because again the chinese air force one see the thing with the discipline i have about the chinese air force is that they were taught about this stuff from a young age um no matter what when they were an undergraduate a high school middle schooler as a youth they were they were taking classes they were doing they're already learning self-defense they're learning all of these different uh, this th- things about uh, the military, so I feel like that's one of the uh, advantages that the Chinese uh, uh, Air Force has over uh, um, the Royal Air Force because there's just not there. There is just much more discipline in China. You know, like I said, they're a collectivism uh, sort of country, and I feel like that they are. As one, they move as one. It's not as individualistic as uh, the United States, and I'm not too sure about um, like Britain or whatnot. But I don't know. Like I, that's just that's just where I'm leaning towards. That's why I'm leaning towards China a bit. Well, what do you think? Nah, I can. I mean, granted, you know what I'm saying. The Royal Air Force, they get a little bit of you know what I'm saying. I guess you would say field experience by shooting rifles and stuff, but that doesn't put you into the, you know what I'm saying, the combat, the combat sound of mind, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It doesn't prepare you for, you know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't think that they're much larger than, like, China, you know, like the the average human. Maybe a bit, but not like Russia difference. Not like, you know what I'm saying? Not probably like not in, like in size of bulk, you know what I'm saying? But more probably more so, like, taller, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's about it. yeah. But I don't know. I, I, if anything, if down comes yeah. to it, I gotta give it to like. If 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 this person in the Chinese Air Force did like you know what I'm saying go through some type of combative like training, it is an automatic advantage. Every yeah, time. just just one. Yeah, because of that training and because of the discipline that they are brought up upon. You know. And then the aspect of the battle that we're talking about is like a modern hand-to-hand combat. So it's like anything you know is an advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah, I I I definitely chose quite a bit of the uh, of China, uh, and I just I was very fond of it. And I I I feel like they um, are very disciplined, and capable of things. So that's uh, that's just. I I feel like I would want to say probably I would give it to seven three Air Force against the uh, Royal Air Force. Of course, I'm gonna not like disbanding the uh, like Britain's Air Force or anything. I feel like that they are very well ten out of ten capable. <laughs> ten out of ten. Look, look, I'm telling you, man. I'm being realistic here, man. Like, if there's anything that puts you in a physical advantage in a in a life or death fight, you're gonna win that every time. There's got to be some slip Say, up stuff. I'm a, but but my thing is, like, my thing is like, 
let's think about like a UFC match. Boom. You could be a guy that's, you know what I'm saying, got a guy in a headlock, right? Yeah. And he like somehow squiggles out, but as he's squiggling out, he outstretches his arm. You put him in the arm bar, he taps there. You get me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know what I'm saying, the fact that, you know what I'm saying, you got better craftsmanship with your like your jujitsu or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It it gave you that advantage. To be able to go from the headlock to the arm bar to process that in your head, that's years of training and experience, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not just going armbar, headlock, armbar, you know what I'm saying? It's not just going to happen like that, you know what I'm saying? So when you get that combat experience over a person every time, just like, you know what I'm saying, a person that's never shot a gun before versus a person that shot a gun his whole life, you're not going to win. Yeah, no. It's it's, it's, it's like, you know what I'm saying, I I get you. I get you trying to be nice, but it's like, you know what I'm saying, it's like, we got to be realistic. it's, (laughs) It's no way... It's no way, you know what I'm saying, uh, even like, let's put it in a perspective, if I got the upper hand, I can't lose. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's see, it's the thing with, like like I said, with the uh, uh, the Russian against the U.S. captain, uh, the, I'm, I'm saying there's got to be one. There's got to be one no. out there that would be able to take it on. One, no, even saying- even even there's there even the like the best top of the tier. You know what I'm saying? Just not 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 any special programs. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. not talking about no seals, no rescue swimmers, no. You know what I'm saying? No uh, people that help the pilots. I forget what they call it. No. Uh, Whatever you know, what I'm saying none of them either. You feel me? But it's like just a regular sailor with a regular job in the navy. Like you know, what I'm saying to assist uh, the navy to do what it, it's air to ground, air to air. It's not possible. If you got special combat training to where like you're trained to hurt people, vice versus a person that you know, you know what I'm saying only had a couple then fights ha- in school. You know, you have that advantage. Every time, just like I told you, my friend Randy Knightner, you know what I'm saying? This is the difference between a, a Navy sailor and a Navy SEAL, you know what I'm saying? He told somebody he was going to rip his larynx out. I had to Google what a larynx is, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a difference, you get me? No, the that's... fact that he knows where your larynx is and he said he's going to rip it out means he knows something that I don't. Yeah. You get me? So it already gave him an advantage. I didn't even know that thing existed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You get what I'm saying? It's an automatic advantage. And that's just, he didn't even graduate from, you know what I'm saying, budge training. That was just a budge dropout. So the fact of the matter is the process of just, you know what I'm saying, experience that gave him some type of advantage over me already. Already in here, he dropped out too. So the amount that somebody has who completely graduated would have a ton. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get, yeah, it could be a 10 and 0. It could be 10, 10 out of 10 for sure, uh, the Chinese Air Force. And it's not, it's no disrespect, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know what I'm saying? If it's in different terms, you put in the aspects of what these branches are supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. fight, the fight is more so a different story, you know what I'm saying? It could yeah. be more of a 50 50, uh, 6 4, 7 3, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the fact of the matter is, it's not that. It's a hand to hand combat. You need to have some training, some and EXP. You got to have good. XP under your belt. If you don't yeah. have no XP, guess what? 100%. Um, all right. Well, I guess I am gonna take that that one. And what does that make you? Which one? You won the ch- uh, Russian one. Russian. I won the first one. 
I won the, the second. second one. We, we tied both. the third. So with two. And then I won the last one because you gave me the 6-4. Oh, I did give you <laughs> For that. The and then I won this one. So we just tied. tied. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so we tied on this one. That was a that was a pretty interesting one, honestly. That was pretty cool. Uh, we definitely have to do another one, honestly. Uh, but do you have your uh, fact of the day? I got you. So the Air Force was part of the Army until 1946. So until 1947, the Air Force was the Army Air Corps. The National Security Act of 1947 turned it into its own separate branch of the armed forces. Oh, damn. So it was like just one, which was that? Oh, that's pretty cool. That's probably why, you know what I'm saying? I was telling you earlier, like, people be like, how's the Army? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm in the Navy. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so uh, my fact of the day is that snakes can predict earthquakes. Uh, They can sense earthquakes from as far as 75 miles away and from also five days before it actually occurs. So when they sense an earthquake, they often leave their nest, even if the temperature is too cold. Uh, But before we uh, exit... Um, we're going to go ahead and do our current events. So uh, researchers have discovered a new planet with two moons using the James Webb telescope with clear detections of water, methane, and carbon monoxide. Uh, creators of God of War are in talks of making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video game based on the comic run The Last Ronin. And Avatar Studios has begun casting for a new animated series titled Avatar New Generations. Um and Marco, man, I really want to thank you for coming on this podcast. And it's always a pleasure. Hey, man, another great episode. But hey, before I let you go, man, that like two moons with like water, methane, and carbon monoxide, oh, or a, a planet, like damn, there's got to be something out there. Like you know, like the James Webb Telescope is probably one of like the best things that's best creations because we're just discovering so much. And it's so cool. Like, there's got to be life out there. 100%. Like, in the next 20, 30 years, we're going to meet some But what, what happens, dude? What happens when, you, like, you discover these planets, you visit them, and it's nothing? What if we're, like, the only thing out there? Ah, How would that change? That would be definitely crazy. That would be a mystery. Like, why us then? You yeah. Know? It's there would like, got to be some how? sort of purpose or, like, why. There would have to be a, definitely a higher being. But I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's such a that's such a big question to ask. You know, it's a scary question to ask. Um, but yeah, man. I thank you for coming out, man. It was a a pleasure. Uh, another a great pleasure. another great episode. And uh, I want to thank you all for coming in and listening to this episode. Uh, and if you can leave a like and a quick follow, and if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and uh, send an email to allaboutnothing21 at gmail.com to tell us any. Uh, topics that you'd like to listen to um again that's all about nothing 21 at gmail.com and you can go ahead and check out my brand new twitch at cjayy 99 again that's cjayy 99 and uh once again don't forget to treat someone with kindness thank you